Welcome to The Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. This is episode 60. Kevin, why so dire today? I don't know. I wanted to read it like that. <laughs> I like it <laughs> How are you doing, Daniel? I am doing all right, my friend. How are you? Uh, I'm, I think I'm getting sick. Oh, no. Yeah, like I got a little scratch in my throat. And it hurts to eat uh, pot belly sandwiches. It goes like, ah, on the way down. It goes, ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> From bad gums to a bad tum. The Kevin Pape story. Don't you fucking tell me about my bad gums. <laughs> they don't bleed anymore, okay? That's, I like that we're giving like a mini podcast of like, Kevin's dental health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the update is they don't bleed anymore, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> and you should really go to the dentist because they do things like that for yeah, you. Yeah, mine kind of still bleed a little bit, but I'm getting in there with the floss rope and just doing the best I can. The floss rope? Yeah. <laughs> you doing jump rope with your teeth there? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I like it. Oh, well, what have you been getting into? Um, You know, a little bit of this and that. I've uh, just been gaming, playing a lot of Sekiro as, you know, as Oh, expected. shit. Where, where are you at with Sekiro? Oh, uh, hmm. well, hmm. funny you mentioned that. Yep. I, uh, I popped that plat. You have I said I pop popped pop the plot i said i pop 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 the plot you said you pop 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 that plot you pop 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 that plot yes that's right i said i pop 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 the plot i said i pop 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 the plot yes yes save roommates after about a month or so i finally popped the platinum in sekiro oh fantastic yeah and i died more than twice i have to to report that's true miyazaki that is false advertising we're coming at you with the full force of the save room network i'm gonna shut you down welcome to the save room network but i don't know dude hell of a journey a lot of lot of slain ninjas i feel good i feel ways about it okay i i feel like i've uncovered all the secrets of the shinobi i have a master swordsman and i'm as sneaky as can be listen you've been putting in the work you've been putting the hours how many mm-hmm. how many playthroughs was that four the four, four play-throughs. fucking playthroughs okay yeah because yeah, like with every from software game there mm. are like many different endings and you have to basically do like step-by-step procedures to make these things happen um we got the standard one when we beat it isn't there like an order of operations for one of the endings that's like building an ikea bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> you gotta figure where are you doing you you told me you're feeding something you're feeding a golden child <laughs> What? Yeah, so it's called the return ending, where you basically... Um, spoilers for Sekiro, fuck off. Yeah, spoilers here. Um, this is the last ending I was working through, um, where you have to basically do some steps with the divine child. And um, you have to accept his rice and eat the rice in front of him. What? And you basically just keep eating his rice. What? And you have to give him books and feed him peaches and feed him circuit hearts. <laughs> Wait, what? It's this whole thing <laughs> where he's basically trying to become a vessel for Kuro. So um, he can continue to live on after you sever the tie of immortality. So you become like a shinobi daddy, basically, to him. Like yeah. you're 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 giving him books and treats, yeah. and he, he gets sick at one point rice. because he gets like infested by like a worm. What? Yeah. Oh yeah, what's up with that? Everything gets infested by worms at some point in that game. It's because they're these monks. They kind of stray from like Buddha's teaching, and oh. they try and like strive for immortality another way, and they go about but it being worms. But yeah, well, these infested worms basically okay. live within them, and it helps them live forever. Okay. Yeah. So that's a that's yeah. a straightforward story right there. It, it was an interesting ending i think it leaves the door open for a sequel or at least maybe some cool dlc stuff um because you go out west to go home to where the uh divine dragon lives 
I gotta tell you, like, as I I want a Sekiro sequel, I think that would be cool. Mm-hmm. But I would kick down the door to Miyazaki's house if they don't work on Bloodborne two first. I, I think there's an order of operations for from From and right. Bloodborne two has to come first. And I would sleep on his couch. <laughs> I would That'd be sleep the other on thing. Be pretty cool. His IKEA couch that we built in one of the endings. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm glad to finally have it done. A lot of. God, a lot of steps along the way, really. Um, there, there was a cool ending that I liked. It was the Shura ending, where you basically, you go against Kuro's wishes, and you just become this monster bent on killing. And uh, Ishan, uh, basically, like... Who's Ishan? He, uh, he's the sword saint. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll Ishan. Yeah, yeah. Genichiro's uh, grandfather, I guess. He yeah, looks yeah, crawls out of point. his body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah, like, yeah. I see the demon Shura in you, and when that is present, they can't stop killing. And he's like, Sekiro, if I see that in you and you do wrong, I will stop you. I will kill you. And it leads to this cool, like, climax where you fight him and somebody else. But that's, like, one of the cooler endings. It's the shorter one. It's considered the bad ending. Ah. Yeah, but you just become this fucking blood-drenched shinobi. All right, let me ask you. You, you, you put in the work. You mm-hmm. put in the man hours. Yeah. To get this platy. I did. Call me platy daddy. I won't. Was it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it, oh god, I don't know. I, I tweeted about this, actually. I feel like the Platinum really doesn't respect your time ah. in, in some regard. I mean, a lot of it is just basic, like, hey, beat all the bosses, which is cool. I don't think I would have sought to find them all if it weren't for these playthroughs and the Platinum Trek. Huh. So I think that part's cool, getting to find all the hidden bosses and all the things that you wouldn't find otherwise, because a lot of challenging fight th- fights there, a lot of fights that are even harder like than the mainline story fights, which are really cool and interesting and really kind of reconfigure your brain in a sword fighting uh, way. But the one that fucked me up is you have to... One of them is you have to upgrade all of your prosthetic tools, which requires that you grind out, like, certain resources and finding, like, fucking lapis lazuli and all this other stuff. What the fuck? The crystal gems? Yeah, the crystal gems from Steven Universe. Huh. But the one that was pissing me off the most was you have to upgrade every skill tree, and there's, like, five separate ones. And I feel like it doesn't respect your time because I feel like in any game, on the first or maybe, like, halfway through the second playthrough, you should have all your skill trees maxed out. Games like Spider-Man knew this. Games like God of War knew this. Mm, mm-hmm, Just simple. Mm, mm. But on my third, fourth playthrough, I still had skill trees that weren't even fucking complete. And Ooh. it was just so frustrating to think that I was just like... Like, today and last night, I was grinding for like five hours. Just getting skill points just so I could fucking max out these skill trees. I gotta tell you, I think a lot of... Well, I won't say a lot of, but I think some developers out there mm-hmm. kind of think of trophies and achievements as an afterthought. Yeah. Like, it's not their main focus. I, I doubt it's a priority when they're getting that, that game out the door. So it's up to, like, some content writer or copywriter to mm-hmm. be like, so what can we do in the game? And it's like, yeah, you can do X, Y, and Z, or you have this amount of unlockables. And it's like, all right, let's just assign a trophy to maxing out your skill tree mm-hmm. without somebody thinking that, realistically, if, if you were to max out your skill tree in Sekiro, that would take oh shit that's like three and a half playthroughs (laughs) it's a bit much and it's just like it's almost like they expect you to play it five or six times because like you're not even going to get a chance to use some of the abilities which really made it just kind of feel monotonous and pointless i'm just like doing this just to do it just to max them out and get the trophy for that where it's like i found myself towards like the end like not even using half of the things I had unlocked. Mm. Which is just like, if you're going to give me things, give me reasons to use them, really. And there are cool techniques, like, because you learn different, like, styles from, like, the monks, different sword styles from, like, Ishin and Shinobis, and, like, it creates a different flow to the combat. But, like, if I'm not using them, what's the point? Mm, true. <laughs> but I guess that's a player-by-player basis thing. 
Yeah, for me, I well see me and you went down the uh, the bloodborne plunge. Mm-hmm. We went through that blood blood plunge yeah, together. We, we doused in, in, the, in the blood magic, and we we carved a path to the platinum. Mm-hmm. But for Sekiro, I am too stressed out to fucking <laughs> give it that a much uh, attention and devotion. Especially other games are coming out. Like mm-hmm. Division Two is something that I wanted to keep on mm-hmm. going at, and then uh, Mortal Kombat Eleven came out like what last week yeah essentially and so i wanted to devote some time into that so i've disengaged from Sekiro because i've noticed one thing it's like it's a difficult game for me to play like when i get home from work mm-hmm. after having a fucking eight hour of day where of, of anxiety rising through my body and then at the end of the day be like all right let me punish myself against the same boss for four hours like no uh, I, I get I was that like, nah i get that uh on I subsequent... a week off to beat it that's what i need basically yeah i mean on subsequent playthroughs like i said before you're flying through it, like you're oh, one-shotting yeah. bosses, you're not really dying too much, but it's like when you get to a boss fight that you haven't encountered on the first main path, then you get stuck again, you're like, fuck, I gotta learn the patterns, I gotta learn this and that, and then it's like another like few hours of just being stuck, and that sucks. But once you clear all the main bosses, like this last one was a breeze. I did it in probably like five hours, it's just the grind that added another five hours on top of that. You did the boss in five hours? I did like the, the main thro- okay. the main game in like okay. five hours. Gotcha. Yeah, I sped like right through it. Well, for me, that's not like if you said I did the boss in five hours. That was like my what my first playthrough was like with some of like Genichiro yeah. and then the the sword saint was like, man, mm-hmm. I've actually been playing this for five fucking hours trying to get this guy. But yeah, Bloodborne was the same way where like bosses are a breeze after your mm-hmm. first playthrough. The nomenclature, by the way, guys, one shot it means you you get through them without dying. Mm-hmm. You get through a boss without dying. One actually, shot. I popped the platinum today, and it took me like a, a while to get through the skill tree. But once I did, I went to the sword saint fight, and I did it. In one go, I was like, "That was crazy!" Like, just it's one of my favorite fights, so I kind of like have internalized a lot of it, which is insane to me. Yeah, yeah, you've internalized those scars too, (laughs) basically. But to to the Bloodborne point, I think because we we played that game like two or three times because it requires you to play it three times through, I think, to get the platinum. Just about. Um, and the grind there, save scrubber. The grind there feels a little more rewarding because you're actually getting like stats to dump into like your skill points whereas this it's like i'm not getting that same thing i'm getting uh-huh. like skill unlocks for like you know actual abilities and like skill tree things so it's like i might go a run and lose all my skill points and i'm like ah, i have nothing to show for it whereas like bloodborne at least i'm getting stronger along the way which is a kind of a walk back on what i said before where i was like i really like the skill trees versus the stat up in bloodborne but like i think towards the end game here i was just kind of over it <laughs> yeah i can so, imagine yeah you went pretty fucking hard on that game in a short short amount of time so yeah, yeah i that's see that's my fear too i don't want to i don't want to burn myself on i don't want to have pizza every day and be like i hate pizza mm-hmm. also i'm lactose intolerant that would send jet streams coming out of my anus hasn't stopped you before no it hasn't <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i didn't want to just get burnt out and secure because it is a cool game and i think it's one of those things that actually look at bloodborne I played through it initially mm-hmm. and then put it down for a long time. A I would say almost time. like a year and a half before I went back to it and said, oh, let me let me actually chase this platinum. Because mm-hmm. at first I needed to know, is this feasible? Is it feasible? And then I said to myself, yeah, it is. I can do it. And then I did it. And then I played a DLC. It was okay. great. You're great gonna, well, you'll go back to it. Uh, we had a conversation last night where we're like actually on the cusp of backlog season, which feels really weird. Yeah, the releases are kind of starting to stagnate. I mean, uh, May, we're in May, and Rage 2 comes out, and I, I don't think there's any way you can get me to buy Rage 2. Uh, that's not a knock against developers. It's a knock against my interest. I have no interest in that <laughs> fucking I don't game either. at all. And then there was something else coming out at the end of the month that I was like, eh, 
I forgot. I already forgot it, so it's not important enough. And then June is kind of light as well, but we got, like, what? Bloodstained comes out in June? Bloodstained, and they're showing, like, the updated art for that. Yeah, it looks pretty fucking yeah. BA. I'm into that. About but, time. But I'm, I'm not hype on a game until Marvel Ultimate Alliance, to be yeah. honest with you, which comes out July 19th. Very cool. You're very cool. Thanks, dude. Hey, buddy. Before we get in some news for the gamers out there, otherwise known as gamer news, hmm. we gotta do some housekeeping, son. Children. If you didn't know, The Save Room is an audio documentary series that chronicles the life and times of the gamer. You can find us on SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show or Spotify or Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, and on RSS feeds throughout the galaxy. Please like, share, and subscribe, and then subscribe, share, and like. Just, just do it all. Get it every step. Mix them up. Have fun mix with it. Up. Really. Yeah. I actually noticed that we got some uh, more ratings across iTunes, which is really cool. <gasps> what? We're up to five ratings now. Five, five stars. ratings. Hell yeah. Those are five people that are gonna get a size small T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna say pop that plaid on it. It's gonna say pop that. I'm, we're gonna draw it on there with Mark. Yeah. We're not very artistically inclined. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> There's a tweet storm crawling across the horizon, and your only shelter is us at Save Room Show. That's us. That's us. So if you don't follow us on Twitter, please give us a follow over there. We would love to engage with you guys, talk about Sonic memes, talk about things you like, things about things you hate. Oh, we're going to talk about Sonic <laughs> memes. I went on a, a tirade of just like retweeting my favorite fucking yeah, Sonic did. memes right now. I'm sorry. It makes me, it tickles me. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. But I stream games from the comfort of my bed. I also eat full meals on my bed. Uh, sometimes I'll do both live at twitch.tv slash the red herb. That's a true fact. I get hungry. Yeah, you do. I mean, you're a hungry boy. We hungry, cuz. <laughs> what have you been streaming lately? Uh, the last thing I streamed was Yakuza. <laughs> Yakuza so Kawami. weird. I, I, again, I needed something kind of chill. Mm. And for some reason, running around Japan, beating the shit out of street thugs is really chill to me. Between I, you and I, it was like a tale of two Japans. Me slaying my mm. way with the shinobi, you beating up fucking <laughs> men in fight clubs. Tell me the story you told me. Tell, tell the roommates the story you told me earlier today. Oh, dude, my favorite shit happened. So I'm out there, and it is a comedy of errors. I see two people, a man and a woman, and the man is seems to be, like, extorting from the woman, asking for money. So I step in and say, hey, she's not interested, pal. I'm playing as Kuru, obviously. Okay. And I push him off, and then it turns out she's like, what the fuck are you doing? This is my boyfriend, da 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 And I was just like, oh, he's just kind of a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But the boyfriend gets super mad, so he takes out a fucking knife and tries to come at me with it. And suddenly... Out in the distance, the guy goes, Hey, what are you doing with that knife? And a large man who only goes by man with a big head <laughs> comes out of the alleyway. Is that his like subtitled name? Yes, it is actually. <laughs> and tackles the man and gets him into this fucking WWE position and stuff. And he's like, run while you can with your woman. And I was like, this is not my woman. <laughs> and then the cops show up and it gets nuts like from there. But eventually... There's a mutual respect between me and the man with the big head. And we he just says, like, hey, I'm new to the area. Can you take me on, like, a night tour? And I was like, sure. <laughs> Let me take you to dinner. <laughs> Show you the finest red light districts all Japan yeah, has to offer. I take him to a Korean barbecue oh, where nice. he orders two cows worth of meat. They don't show him eating it, but apparently we get like a fade to black where afterwards I'm like, I can't believe you fucking ate all that meat, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, I'm still not satisfied. Let's go for a drink. And I say, let's go to a bar. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, 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 no. 
I mean a cabaret club. We go to a fucking cabaret club. There's women on each of our arms, and they're like, let's get a drink. Bring out the gold. I don't know what that means. I don't mm. know. In Japan, is it gold slogger? Is that what they're bringing out to the be. table? Well, apparently it was champagne. I don't know. Okay. And he goes, wait, no. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend. Do you not like uh, the champagne? And he goes, I think... Each of us can down a bottle by ourselves. Bring four bottles of gold. Jeez. And they do. And we get shwasted, Is dude. the big-headed man fronting the bill? Like, what's going on? Yeah, here? he's rich, apparently. Okay. He's okay. an ex-judo master, I come to find out. Sure. I, don't, I guess he was in tournaments or something? He was huge. Anyway. Uh, and then we leave, and he's like, I'm still not satisfied. As as gracious of a host as you've been, I'm just mm. not feeling that excitement. How do you satiate a big-headed man? Who comes from a judo background and yeah. is willing to throw himself at knife-wielding thugs in the middle of the night. Mm. Yes. How do you satiate this appetite? <laughs> so I, I take him to an underground fight club. <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about it? Yeah, we okay. can talk about it. Okay. It's a cage match. He fights three people and he beats the shit out of them. He's like, this is great, but... And I go, why do you look disappointed? And he's like, oh, you're very perspe- perspective, kudu. And you go, I go like, hey, well... How about you fight me? Hmm. And I beat the shit out of the man with the big head. <laughs> and he says, thank you. That's exactly the excitement I was looking for. And he, he thanks me and he says, I'm going to train to one day beat you. Wow. That so, was my adventure. Do you think you're going to see him again? I, I hope. hope you do. I hope you do. I hope. I mean, also, do you think you needed to have that full night for him to just fight you in the first place? Like, you guys yes. could have just fought in the streets in the beginning. We could have. You could have saved however many yen he spent on the gold. But I also submit we wouldn't have gotten Korean barbecue and we wouldn't have gotten drunk on the gold. Hmm. So. That's fair. It's a, it's just no order operation. Just <laughs> another night in, was it, kombucha? Karacho? I forgot I forgot the setting of... Uh, <laughs> Chelsea, write in. Let us know. She's let probably know. fucking cringing let so hard know. right now. Where do you stream these days? Well, you can catch me going fast and eating ass over at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. Um, I kind of took a little stream hiatus for a week just because yeah. of a bad bout yeah, of yeah. mental health and anxiety yeah. the, the people know i was telling them about it. we had a like a little mental health session on stream the other did day did you really it was great where was i uh you're at work why don't you invite me to these things you get notifications in the discord i could have brought in a bottle of gold <laughs> you <laughs> no, felt one better. each one each but i decided since we were riding mm. the hype of the live action sonic trailer that day mm. that i should play some sonic media and that is what i did the hype is that what we're calling it? <laughs> it's uh, it's one word for it. There's at least three asterisks tied to that that word. I was asking you why Shadow the Hedgehog is not in Sonic Mania. Like mm-hmm. that would be a cool addition. You came at me going like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't. Well, because it's supposed to be kind of like a spiritual successor in sequel to like Sonic Four, like Sonic and Knuckles, and yeah, he okay. wasn't introduced in that world yet. So well, fuck that. No, yeah. introduce some of these assholes. Introduce Amy and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. and though that's all the Sonic characters I can name. I don't know, like, canonically when they get introduced into it. I feel like a lot of that happened in, like, the animated show, which I didn't the really follow too show. closely. Wasn't there, like, two different animated shows? There was Sonic Underground, mm-hmm. and then there was just Sonic the Hedgehog, and one of them was, like, him solving fucking, like, murders. That was a cool one. <laughs> and the other one was, like, him just being Sonic hang- hanging out. One of my favorites is kind of, like, a low-budget one. It's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Sonics. It's pretty Whoa. great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a team of Sonics. It's super low-budget. <laughs> 
Speaking of Sonic, man, I got some gamer news for you guys out here. If you're not a gamer, please plug up your ears or pull to the side of the road and eject this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We got, what, eight items on here? Oh, Christ almighty. Number one on here, Daniel. The Sonic movie trailer released, and now they're redesigning Sonic. (laughs) That is not an if-then statement. Not at all. And actually, we didn't even see this coming when they launched the trailer. No, I I remember thinking, like, oh, wow, well, mm, I guess we'll just have to get used to this, but that is not what's happening. Here's what's happening. Sonic the Hedgehog's live-action trailer released this week, depicting our first glimpse at Green Hill, Sans the Zone, uh, Jim Carrey's rendition of Dr. Robotnik, and the titular hog himself, Sonic. Hmm. The verdict? Fans fucking hate the design. Whether it's his strange shapely legs or his disconcertingly human set of teeth, the internet has decried the CGI alien ever since his reveal. Even though it's slated for November, the film's director, Jeff Fowler, immediately took to Twitter and promised a redesign is in the works. Fowler wrote, quote, Thank you for the support. And the criticism. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design, and you want changes. It's gonna happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be. Hashtag Sonic Movie. Hashtag Gotta Fix Fast. End quote. Oh my god. So this is six months out from release at this point. Uh, yeah, if that's how time works. Yeah, Yeah. and math. I don't know. Endgame has me all fucked up in how time oh works. Oh my god, same dude. <laughs> Spoiler! Anyway, um, yeah, I... So the first thing that people started calling out, and I think it's an absolutely fair call-out, mm-hmm. is that's a lot of pressure to put on your visual effects team. Yeah, I mean, they already spent so much time, like, creating a 3D model that worked within uh-huh. the realm and the parameters of the scenes that they made and interacting with the actors and all this other stuff. Yep. And now you have to completely recontextualize the model and do something else with it. That's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of fucking work, and that's a lot of uh oh crunch. It's just like a weird spillover thing because like we've had a lot of conversations about like crunch and the the gaming industry, but I feel like this is the first time I've heard about it in the film industry in such a capacity where it's like on Twitter, gamers are such a vocal proponent for things that they hate, hate, Mm. hate, hate. Fix, 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 and then game devs do. And then this is an instance where we're screaming at a movie studio to fix something, and they're responding much like a team of game devs would. It's like, okay, we'll fix mm-hmm. it. But it just doesn't work in the same fashion, and you're going to put a lot of pressure on these people to put in long hours and a lot of time and effort to fix something that they were probably proud of. Who are they fixing this for is the other question about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, a Sonic the Hedgehog movie in 2019 who is this audience really for? Mm-hmm. All the people growing up with the Genesis games? No, they're fucking adults. They're not going to be easily sold on a children's film. Mm-hmm. And then for the kids, they don't know who Sonic is. There hasn't been a relevant game for kids, I feel like. What, since Sonic Boom or whatever the fuck? How, like, what, what is the notoriety of this character for modern day kids? Mm-hmm. So it's like, just let it be a thing that they're trying to market to kids and do whatever they want, you know, to feel like they hit that demographic it's not it's never going to appease you first of all what sonic movie are you imagining in your head that this could never meet like what is the good sonic movie in your head with characters like fucking amy and tails and shadow the hedgehog because they indicate (laughs) there is a bad boy version of sonic what the 
fuck sweeping narrative were you hoping for? I mean, I think that's what people were hoping for. A little, like, meeting of two worlds. Not this, like, fish-out-of-water story about a hedgehog who's fucking an alien force that's being hunted by Robotnik. It's just, it's weird. I'm just saying, I never would have had high expectations for it. And also, like, what really, really, you were going to invest it to the point where you're going to, like, outcry. Like, I get it. I get it. But, I mean, let's talk about... It sucks. It looks bad. Yeah. I mean, let's just <laughs> talk about bad. the source of that. Yeah, yeah. His model was, it was whatever. It wasn't like the greatest looking CG model I've ever seen. No, it was an odd one. It, it looks like a small person yeah. in a furry suit. And like, I kind of hated it, but like, whatever. They committed <laughs> to it. It made me laugh so much. They committed to it. It is what it is. People are like, oh, he's got teeth. He's got weird eyes. Like, yeah. you know, well, he always has teeth. He's got teeth. two eyes, dog. That's what they're mad about. Where's his Yuna eye? That's faithful. That doesn't look good for like a live action film. And then the other problem is, why are they making a live action film? I think it is hard when you have, two, okay, two yeah. live action slash CG. CGI movies launching kind of like in tandem in the same calendar year uh sonic and then detective pikachu yeah which i feel like detective pikachu is serving pokemon fans in such a great way where it's like they're bringing that world to life it's very well realized it's grounded it's like that world is bustling with pokemon you have machomp stopping traffic you have fighting rings you have all this other stuff and then you have Sonic, you have this weird blue CG model and James Marston hanging out in a truck, and it just doesn't work for people. I mean, you could also argue that if you look at the source material of both of those games, Pokemon mm. versus Sonic, Pokemon is a little easier to translate because it's just like, hey, it's a yeah. world that's kind of like ours, except people, uh, you know, their main interest is dog fighting these cute creatures uh, that exist and maybe eating them. I'm, I'm not sure if they eat them or not. I would eat them. But... <laughs> You know, and then Sonic is like, well, wh- how do you translate that? It's kind of, it's like a cartoon. It's like an outlandish cartoon mm-hmm. with, with you know, Dr. Eggman, this is a robust, over-the-top well, character and stuff. It's you like, look what? at, like, the animated series, and it was never realized in the what feels like a human no. world. It has weird animal <clears throat> characters and flickies and then Robotnik and his crew of baddies. It's, it's, it's just a goofy concept to try to, like, make into a live-action mm-hmm. thing. I I get like maybe a CGI movie would have served it yeah. a lot better and maybe that's what fans are trying to say but I I don't know I I just wouldn't have cared enough to bitch them out endlessly to make a studio feel like oh we need to make these changes or it's not going to sell it's like <laughs> who cares either way I don't think it was going to sell very well to begin with I really think like people are still going to hate this movie you change the model yeah. it's not going to change the quality of the, the, no. the movie like listening to some of the lines that were dropped in that trailer were just bad oh my god I mean, he said gotta go fast though He's said gotta go fast fans like that but he like he meowed at james marson like why is that the first line we're hearing from sonic that's true he did meow didn't he (laughs) he's trying to be a cat yeah it's a hilarious situation because he knows that i'm an alien boy and i'm also he's an alien (laughs) that's a thing too just trying to think about it and make sense of it all really just makes my fucking head hurt Um, i fucking love every choice they're making i'm going on the record i love every choice because it will be an unmitigated disaster it's gonna be awful and there's beauty in it there's beauty in that disaster (laughs) and i'm so sorry it's a property that you guys care about Mm. this is coming from somebody that suffered through six resident evil films that are Mm. i would say of shit quality I just think it's a beautiful disaster. <laughs> I mean, as it somebody who me is a Sonic fan, I'm going into this with the lowest expectations, and I think there's only going to be one saving grace in the movie, and What's that's that? probably going to be Jim Carrey. Yeah, like I feel like it really just meets his like his personas and roles he did in like the '90s. Really, okay, Jim Carrey. Yeah, he was. 
I actually don't even think he was that impressive in the trailer, but he was funneling something that was kind of akin to what we saw him in, uh, what, what's that, uh, a series of unfortunate yeah. events, like that villainous over-the-top I'm thing. actually, like, interested to see the slip from, like, Dr. Robotnik, like, working with the government to him just becoming crazed and then becoming the Eggman. Like, the Eggman. Yeah, just <laughs> always chasing Sonic, always being, like, driven insane yeah. by him. I want to. I want to see that too. Mm-hmm. I want to see that too. I'm into. I, like, I don't mind everything that they're doing. It's gonna be a stupid fucking movie. That's the point of it. Listen, we're gonna go see it because we've invested time in it. I've said to many people, they're like, "Why okay. would you see this?" And it's like, me and Kevin once sat down, recorded a podcast, right. and actually cast the entire film, the whole film, the whole film. We have stake in this movie. We have stake in this movie. John Goodman is is Doctor Eggman. He would have been the best Doctor. He would have. Yep. James Spader as Shadow. Just James Spader is Shadow. I'm never yeah, going to let that one right. go. So... <laughs> oh, man. Well, in Ben Schwartz's words, this movie is going to be the worst. Oh, shit. <laughs> meow. <laughs> meow. <laughs> Get a number two on here. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's not as much as a disaster. Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC plans announced. Mm. Keyblade wielders rejoice. It was announced on April 27th at the Kingdom Hearts Orchestra performance in Tokyo that additional DLC content will be coming to the game. Titled Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, and the mind is all capitalized there, gotcha. the DLC will feature a brand new scenario, as well as secret episodes and secret bosses for players to get their hands on. Consider it a final mix of the game. It will also include an English voiceover option for the Japanese version of the game. Additionally, all players will be receiving a new form in Keyblade for free. Tetsuya Nomura announced the DLC plan at the end of the concert, yet no release window or pricing was revealed. However, he did confirm that his team rendered genitals for each member of Organization 13 and they dangle, unseen, beneath their robes. This is the problem with having a shared document and I saw him start writing this. Nah, you didn't see me do this. No, I saw you write... The team rendered genitals, and then I closed the dock. So I wasn't sure how that was going to go. Damn it, I thought you didn't know. I was going to sneak it in there. It was a little surprise for you. I was surprised, all right. I've always wondered. I wonder if they have just genitals rendered in a warehouse somewhere. I imagine they're kind of like mm. like Ken dolls. You think they're just... Yeah, yeah, probably. No bodies, no parts. Yeah, okay, weird. As of February 2019, Kingdom Hearts 3 had shipped over 5 million units across digital and physical sales, making it the fastest-selling game in the entire franchise. Since its January release, the game has received many updates, and on April 23rd, it finally received its 1.05 critical mode update, which added an even harder mode above proud mode. A prouder mode? The proudest mode. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um... <sighs> Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. About I actually one. don't even feel like them. I'm that excited for it at all. Yeah. Uh, it just feels like weird tacked on stuff, like they did with uh, Final Fantasy 15. Like here's new episodes, and I mean they did it with Birth by Sleep. They had that final episode that added in a cool uh, beat with uh, Terra, or not Terra, sorry, with Aqua. That was really neat. Mm. Um, maybe it'll be the same thing there, but I don't. I don't know. And we don't. We don't know what the extra scenario is going to be. Whether it's after the game, whether we figure out what's going on with certain characters that get exploded by Keyblades. Nope. No okay. information. Gotcha. Nothing. Nope. All right. Yeah. That's a lot. To, thank you, Square Enix. Right. I. I, I don't know. I. Yeah. Don't know that I'm bought on it. I mean, this is the first Kingdom Hearts game that would have kind of paid for DLC that I can remember. But I feel like the game was complete. Like, and all of its weird, hackneyed, convoluted storylines and all that gave us. I was like, cool, it's done. Yeah, I don't know where else you can inject another story 
It, it seems like a lot. It would just serve to make it all more confusing. I don't know. I just found... Okay, looking back, I found the game exhausting. Mm-hmm. I think it was an exhausting experience. As, sure. But th- that... I'm totally cognizant of the fact that I'm walking in as kind of an outsider to the franchise, even mm-hmm. though I played the first one, played a bit of the second one, and mostly enjoyed part one. Um, yeah, I, I don't... Mm, I'm not feeling too much right now. Part three was... Uh, it was long. It was you, so long, Daniel. You traded it in, didn't you? Yeah, I traded that shit in. Mm. Yeah. For the division. Ooh. I love the division. ABD, dude. Always be divided. <laughs> no. It's the best. Um, yeah, I don't know. If they come out and they're like, hey, here's a full episode with Aqua or some other characters, Riku, like, I'd be like, cool, I'm down. But, okay, that might be cool. Yeah. I want some more of the other characters because I, I, I think it, I've said it to on the show before. Mm-hmm. I think Sora is an anti-character. And I hate playing as him, and I hate um, anything involving him. Hmm. Yeah. That's fair enough. Well, I got a number three on here. What? Also in the ballpark of Square Enix, or Squeenix, as people call it. Let's play ball. Let's play some ball, guys. Number three, Square Enix is swooping in to take Sony's coveted Monday spot at E3 2019. Wow. Getting in there. Getting sweet. No, I didn't hide anything in this right now. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta like peruse over there. Are there any genitals in this fucking, does a quiet man have a big dick I need to know about? <laughs> are Laura Croft's titties in here? <laughs> Oops. When it was announced late last year that Sony would not be president at 2019's E3 showcase, it left many wondering who would step in to take their premier time spot. It was revealed last week in a tweet that Square Enix, a company that has worked closely with Sony in the past, will be taking the Monday, June 10th spot that Sony would usually close with. Bold. Oh. Square Enix Live 2019 kicks off another exciting lineup of titles. Tune in to sqex.link slash e3 on Monday, June 10th at 6 p.m. Pacific fuck? time. Hashtag Square Enix E3. Yo, be sure to get your Squeaks link. <laughs> Is that what that's? Yeah, I hate squeaks that. Squeaks link. <laughs> you assholes. <laughs> fucking hate them. Who does their social media? Yo, it, it should be hashtag Squeenix. It should be. That would have been way better. Yeah. would have read a lot cleaner, Yeah, dude. Too. Anyway, last year, Square Enix left many underwhelmed with its showcase, a 30-minute video reel which featured Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Just Cause 4, Kingdom Hearts 3, Life is Strange 2, Dragon Quest 11, Platinum Games, New IP, Babylon's Fall, and of course, The Quiet Man. It's an interesting move and it has many wondering what Square Enix will actually show up with and if they can adequately fill the time slot. At E3 2015, they announced a Final Fantasy VII remake, which has since gone episodic, and in 2016, they announced an untitled Avengers project in development by Crystal Dynamics and Idis Montreal. They've been quiet on both of these projects, and it will be interesting to see if we finally get more details on either. However, some have speculated that since there is a Final Fantasy VII concert the, ni- yeah. Final Fantasy VII concert the night before on June 9th at the Dolby Theater, that we may finally be getting more information on the Final Fantasy VII remake. Don't hold your fucking breath. Yo, my head's spinning, dude. They're going to do a fucking FF7 concert, and there might be deets about FF7 remake? I hope so. <laughs> I, I fucking hope Nomura comes out at the end with a fucking fucking cloud buster yo dude i love cloud and barrett and tifa and um uh uh cypher different game red 13 mora leadfoot yo don't hold your fucking breath on this game i gotta tell you like it it went through a huge delay when originally it was cyber connect 2 developing it Mm -hmm. and then they walked in and just like damn you're really just fucking the pooch on this aren't you guys and so they took it away from them Mm -hmm. and decided to do it in-house that's a big little restructuring there man Mm -hmm. big little was it at that point they decided to go episodic with it 
I don't know, actually. I, th- I think it was always intended to be episodic, uh-huh. right? I mean, they just they didn't say anything to, be, to begin with. It was just like, here's we're doing FF7. And mm-hmm. then 14 years later, they showed something else about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would want to see it, but I am keenly more interested in uh, whatever the fuck this unknown Avengers project is. What, I, what is it going to be? Honestly, I'm with you. I'm not too hyped about the Final Fantasy VII no. remake. Like, if it comes and it's good when it comes out, awesome. I'll bite. But, like, I'm more hyped for this project, which we know nothing about. Yeah, then that's <laughs> the thing. Square Enix is a better publisher than they are a developer these days. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but it's, it's, it's got to be put out there. I and We've put it out there on many episodes. And I'm actually a pretty decent fan of uh, Final Fantasy XV. Mm-hmm. I just think like, oh wow, for all of the effort and turmoil that went behind that game, we got like a decent game instead of like, oh, fantastic Final mm-hmm. Fantasy. We had a game that reeked of just like... Being developed in a bubble, a troubled mm. dev cycle, a lot of delays. Like that game came out, and it was just very uneven and not as yeah. well crafted as it could have been. And but then, we still loved it. And then the support roadmap after it was just kind of like weird and wishy washy. It's and they still went going back on. It's, it's still going on, but they canceled the rest of whatever they announced. Mm-hmm. It's just like I don't know what's going on with you guys, but your publishing side, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's going on with Avengers? What is that game going to be? What is it going to look at? And do you think that they've been gun shy about showing it to audiences because they looked at Marvel Spider-Man and like, fuck, they knocked it out of the park. We can't come in with like, oh, it's a beat em up <laughs> with four, four different Avengers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their yeah. original vision was for it at all they didn't say anything no they, they really they haven't, haven't announced anything about i mean we game. speculated about it back in 2016 um we talk about it here and there maybe you'll be kind of a new inductee into this avengers initiative uh interplaying with the avengers across different worlds and areas <laughs> yeah i don't i don't really know i mean i i would like just a world that is just well realized in the marvel mythos i don't even need to play as you know a new character if you give me like just an area like segmented areas that fit for each character and i could play through as different uh heroes like that's perfect for me yeah you mean like kind of um like a team-up version of arkham yeah of the arkham games that'd be kind of neat if they could pull it off i mean just give us like closed circuited areas that like fit well for each of them and then maybe a bigger area where it's like oh i can kind of free roam and unlock things with this character and then come back with another one that i couldn't get before because i maybe didn't have an ability that i could use i don't know just remake Hulk Ultimate Destruction. That game was great. That was a great game. Was an awesome Just game. do that, but allow me to eat people to power up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you... Okay, I'm thinking Square Enix, Square Enix. It, there's not going to be another Nier okay. announced anytime soon. There might be a remake of some other sort, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. I don't know what they got that, that could... Because it seems too soon for a new Tomb Raider. Yeah, I know there was talk about them developing another one, but mm. it's it's not going to come out this calendar year. They're still supporting uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Really? They're, yeah, I think there's still DLC Why? coming out. Why? Yeah. People <laughs> like it. People oh, like it. They're, okay. they're giving us more tombs. Going right. tomb crazy. All right, guys. I'm not going to yuck your tomb yums. For me, if they're coming in and they're like, hey, we're going to take Sony's big spot. Like, I feel like they got to be showing up with something uh it's got to be ff7 it's, it's got to be something mm-hmm. like that of that caliber I, I i can't imagine i i'm open to the possibility that they walk in mm-hmm. with something big but it's not going to be like a sony showcase man no it's like the year of dreams like that's not going to happen for square enix if it does i'll fucking eat an entire mogul <laughs> you mean entire moogle <laughs> it'll be a lot koopa the entire way down <laughs> <laughs> it's Just... not gonna sit well with the pot belly. <laughs> 
No, it won't. I had the pizza. <laughs> Do you think there's any chance of us... I mean, okay. We yeah, got this yeah. crazy yeah. year of uh, Final Fantasy ports to the Switch. Uh, Except for fucking eight. Yeah, I, I don't know if we're going to get any more ports or remasters in that regard, but any chance of like there being like a FF16 teaser? Or do you think that's too... Ooh. Is it too soon for anything like that? You know, and... It'd be the per- taking such a high visibility uh, time slot, mm-hmm. and then coming out of the doors with FF sixteen. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'd be an interesting thing. I, I I wouldn't put it past them, but it might be one of those things where it's like at the end of the show, it's just a fucking logo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're making it twenty twenty eight. It'll come out. <laughs> you know, I, if they're making an FF sixteen, it's not coming out this console generation. Mm-hmm. I gotta say that. Okay, it would be next gen for sure. Yeah, I mean, their dev cycles are way, way longer than they've ever been. It's not like the end of the PS1 era or beginning of the PS2 where they're cranking out games, like, annually. Like, I remember mm. the time frame between, like, Final Fantasy VII, eight, and nine was almost, like, back-to-back years. Yeah, it was, like, a year and a half. It was, like, 97, what, 99 and 2000? Right. Nah, they, they don't make games like that anymore, no. man. These games, they take fucking five years just to cancel. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they're like, ah, well, remember Versus 13? Nah, nah, that was some garbage that Nomura came up with. We got this for you. It's 15. You're going to love this. <laughs> I'm trying it's to think, the boys. I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, they could support, like, some of the titles that they've got. Maybe we'll get more Shadow of the Tomb Raider DLC. Maybe Just Cause support. I don't, I don't know. You're going to come out with another, another fucking Just, Just Cause game? No. No, 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 no. You need the that franchise needs a fucking break. It's tired. It's like Square, please stop, stop releasing me. Oh, and then it, <laughs> they release it and fucking like, oh, it's coming out December twelfth, and you're like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I really wouldn't care about any of that. Yeah, you it's want... like Saints Row at this point. Oh, yeah, it's like, are you still making these? Why <laughs> to the day? <laughs> you trying to make spinoffs? What is this? What is Agents of Mayhem? No, 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 you're not doing that. You want to throw a slider, though? Come up with, like, a cool, like, new JRPG slant, maybe. I don't know. Show me a Chrono Trigger game or Chrono Cross or, give, like, scratch that nostalgia itch. Yo, if they try to come at us with a fucking, like, remake of Chrono Trigger, mm-hmm. pff, that's going to be something exciting. Yeah, it would be cool. I think so. Yeah. A lot I of people know. are like, oh, maybe we'll get a Project Octopath Traveler 2 teaser. And I'm like, I think we do. I think we actually might. We're pretty yeah. close. I keep on it's, hearing murmurings that that's what they're working on. That game just came out. I know, I know, <laughs> but I, I keep on hearing murmurings. Um, What was that other fucking, like, uh game that square put out there that was kind of similar that had a sequel that came out pretty bravely default oh okay yeah bravely second came out like pretty quickly after the hmm. other one i don't know if that's just like oh it was already out in japan for a while and then it came out the, tri- the localization came out so that's why it seems like they were pretty close to each other but yeah maybe square you need you need to deliver the laden law Okay, Layden would not leave the stage until we were covered in our own mess of excitement. And then he moved us to a barn. Right, and then throw a towel at us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four on here, it's uh, pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. Mm. <sighs> Give it to me. Is that good and refreshing right there? You like that tea? Mm, I love tea. <laughs> I love tea. Mm. All right, number four on here, Persona 5 S stands for Persona 5 Scramble, not Persona 5 Switch. Sorry, weebs. When it was leaked that Atlas would be yeah I know. When it was leaked <laughs> that Atlas would be releasing a version of Persona 5 called Persona 5 S, it led many to believe that it would be a port of the JRPG to the Nintendo Switch. I mean, 
How couldn't it be? S stands for Switch. But yeah, the rumor has since true. been debunked. On April 25th, it was revealed during, get this, a concert, that Persona 5 S would be a new spinoff title called Persona 5 Scramble, The Phantom Strikers. That's a that, name. It's a long name. It's a long name you got there. I feel like Strikers would have been fine, but it, whatever. It literally should be called Persona Warriors. That would have worked, too. That's on brand. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Developed with the help of Koei Tecmo and Omega Force, the game will be a Musou-style game with action RPG elements. Yes, that's right. It's a Warriors game. It's a Warriors game. The trailer shows Joker hacking and slashing his way through... Uh, through... Uh, what through clandestine environments. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the trailer shows Joker hacking and slashing his way through crowds of enemies and features the signature Persona art style. While no official release date has been announced, it will launch on both ps4 and nintendo switch you wrote it will launch did both ps4 yeah but i read around it. I figured it out. <laughs> anyway daniel 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 i actually want a persona warriors very badly i do too i have a soft spot for every miso game and um yeah this doesn't fuck me up because i already own persona 4 for the ps4 mm-hmm. like who, who's who's mad about that? are they just mad because people were just like persona belongs portable like is that that what it is i think the school of the thought is that switch is this handheld machine for jrpgs it's what it does Mm. well yada 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 sure i think i think it's a perfect handheld console for those sort of games but also it's like just because that exists it doesn't mean this game needs to be on the switch yeah i'm not fucked up about it oh is is that the salt in the eye where it's like oh the only persona fucking game coming for switch is a warriors game i think so I, i get that okay it doesn't it doesn't mean they're not gonna release persona 5 on switch eventually mm-hmm. it just means you gotta wait probably like 10 fucking years for sony not to care about that license it, it's true i mean we got the release of persona 5 royale coming out like what in fall um Ye- what oh fall for japan i okay. think that shit ain't coming out in the probably US until, until 2020 yeah probably january february because yeah. what persona 5 came out in january of 2017 i think i think so yeah so that seems like a good projection there yeah it seems right but then yeah it won't come to the switch until like 2021 if it does i don't know whatever i'm of two minds i want this game i do too um i was saying that uh koei tecmo and um omega force they do warriors games really really well like hyrule warriors was Mm -hmm. such a fucking beautiful testament to zelda and the lore and all that other stuff and i feel like they're just gonna they're gonna strike a good match with this one it's gonna be very very fan servicey and it's gonna really suit the world just have those good jams in there too yeah but yeah i don't mind uh like you know what do you call it? my my personas erupting behind me and mm-hmm. and going through crowds of enemies? It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. You're gonna get all fun. those combos. You're gonna kill like 900 enemies I'm at all, a time. I'm get all those combos. They do. There is a drop off point for most of those games though, mm-hmm. because it really is just mashing like you know X or Square until you get through a level. Mm-hmm. So I I can see why that's not as exciting as like oh Persona Five proper is coming to the Switch. Sure. And that is it is a strange move and uh, or move. And I am kind of wondering, is that because of something going on with Sony? Sony's like, no, 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 no. The <laughs> core titles can't can't go to other platforms, you know? I wouldn't blame them for holding it close. I wouldn't blame them either. It's hot shit in Japan, and it's it's gotten a lot of, uh, it's got a huge following here. So mm-hmm. Let me ask you, as somebody who's played a lot of Warriors games, like yeah. Berserk and the Band of the Hawk, uh, <laughs> yeah, what, what are right. some of the other ones you've played? Oh, fucking the Dynasty Warriors, Gundam. Dynasty Warriors, yeah. Gundam. Uh... I- and Hyrule Warriors, you played a bunch of Hyrule that. Hyrule Warriors, I really enjoyed. I like what they did with that one. What would this game need to kind of stand out and be more than just a button mash fest? Like, I feel like it would really need to go the Hyrule Warriors route, where it's like you get to play as different characters, and they have more abilities that are 
not just like slash 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 like, uh, i feel like there's got to be a little more ability involvement yeah like again lean into the personas mm-hmm. do that um maybe have it would be cool to see like some combination attacks with okay. the characters that, that they always don't seem to mix them that well um the, the music <laughs> the music would be what really stands out bring the music me. yeah bring the music and make sure the level design's not just boring ass flat environments because that's something that they run into in every warriors game it's like mm. your environments suck and maybe that's and the rendering sucks too the rendering sucks a lot of pop in a lot of a lot of enemies showing up out of fucking nowhere i mean when you have like six thousand enemies <clears> on screen <throat> all at once like it's not gonna handle no. as good as it could no no <laughs> but i'm still excited for it i, I want to i was like oh shit persona warriors and everyone got mad and i was like oh okay well sorry. i feel like we were on the other side of the fence like getting stoked about it and everybody was like fuck no fuck atlas fuck yeah. this and i'm just like this is so cool though why you get fucking persona dancing games give us this i don't know what if we did live in a world where uh, companies did exactly what fans wanted there'd be no surprises left in this sure. world you know I mean, if we bitch hard enough, maybe they could, uh... Nah, I'm not gonna say fuck. (laughs) What are you gonna say? If if we bitch hard enough, maybe Atlas will change gears and create a fucking Persona 5 port. They'll just crunch their studios and be like, fuck it, we're creating a whole new game. It'll be Sonic all over again. I bet you there's a fucking contract out there that says that they they can't do that right now. Mm. As much as they would love to. It's not like Atlas is, is filled with fools, you know? They know that, hey, if we put this shit on the Switch, it's probably gonna make us some money. Mm -hmm. You know? And I, I... I don't see why they wouldn't do it otherwise, except for a contract. So that's it. So we can bitch as hard as we want, but when it comes to fucking ink on paper, that is stronger than a million tweets. It's true. Well, in the meantime, I'm going to play fucking P5 Royale when it comes out, because I'm stoked for that. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. I got a number five on here for you, Daniel. Hmm. And we're, we're going back to the Borderlands again. We talked a little bit about it our last episode. We're going to talk a lot about it this episode. We're going to talk about it the next episode. And then when it comes out, we'll stop talking about it. It's done. Ain't it's no done. rest for the gamers. Doesn't fucking exist. Oh, yeah. That's a good callback. Yeah. Number five, Borderlands 3 details drop through gameplay reveal event. Is On- that a loot drop? It was a loot drop. Oh. Yeah, that's a re- no, I like. I like that. Yeah. I like what you're doing A lot there. of references. Yeah. Hmm. On May 1st, Gearbox and... Randy Pitchford, hosted a gameplay reveal event for their upcoming open-world schluter, Ah! (laughs) Borderlands 3. While the initial announcement trailer did little to distinguish the sequel from its predecessors, we now know a ton of details about our next plunge into Pandora, including, here comes a laundry list, the game features loot instancing during co-op play. Different players will receive different loot that scaled appropriately to their level, kind of like The Division. It's an optional feature. Feature, as players can turn it off for that classic Borderlands experience where you fight for the same loot. Uh, next thing on here, your hub is a spaceship called the Sanctuary 3. All your friends like Moxie and Ellie live aboard the ship and it lets you travel to other worlds beyond Pandora. You can fast travel up to the ship from your menu at any time and you're able to select which point in the map you want to travel to. So yeah, you don't, the, the stupid goalpost uh, travel stations. Cool. Nah. Yeah, I like that. That's a nice little quality of life feature. They've learned. Players are able to slide while running and even mantle about the environment. And then Borderlands uh, Borderlands 1's gore and dismemberment return, having been absent in the second game. I always pointed out, it was weird playing the uh, Game of the Year edition and watching like like people's heads explode when you shoot them. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, whoa, <laughs> that was missing from pre-sequel in part two. 
I completely didn't yeah. even realize that was a thing. Yeah, for sure. It's because of Japan. Hmm. Uh, NPCs can revive you, and you can also revive NPCs. Hmm. There's Twitch integration where users can see player inventories and gain access to in-game loot themselves when they watch. And you start with three action skills instead of one, and you can augment each as you travel through the game. And the last one's a cool one. Some weapons will have an alt-fire mode, such as guns that can switch between different elemental ammo. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cool features. So I, I watched parts of the um, event, reveal event mm-hmm. they did, and it was... The gameplay looked cool, but it was hard to pay attention because Randy Pitchford, of course, was flapping his gums throughout mm-hmm. the entire presentation. And it's awkward and it's weird and he makes little asides. And I it just like, dude, fucking get a community manager up there. Get somebody that's paid to speak to people. <laughs> Why has it always got to be like, Randy presents. <laughs> <laughs> Borderlands 3 at like, the Coliseum. Jesus Christ. And we'll get into that in a second because he's gotten some hot water about some things he said. But... Mm. Did you did you see any of the footage at all? Did you see any of the changes? No. Nope, unfortunately not. No. I mean, I I wanted to watch it, but then I just didn't find myself caring enough. I know kind of funny. Did they host it? No, so they hosted the pre-show and then the after-shows. It was, it was uh, Fran Mirabella the third. Mm-hmm. It was Andre Rene and it was Greg Miller. They're sitting there talking about Borderlands. Okay. So I, I had some draw because I wanted to see them and see what they were showing off. And I, I like them as personalities and I thought they fit well for that event. But outside of that, I think I watched maybe like a minute of gameplay because you're watching people stream <laughs> yeah. it um, from the event itself today. Um, and I was like, oh, it looks really cool. Um, the UI looks a little different, a lot more integrations in terms of yeah. like uh, seeing your weapons and items and perks on the fly. I wasn't really wowed by like the graphics or the world. I was like, oh, it looks kind of like more of the same. Um, I, I was watching some gameplay and actually it, it looks it looks pretty decent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can see that like from afar. It's just like, oh, it's Borderlands 2 again and it is well, but there's 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 little graphical tweaks and perks there i was just like no that looks kind of cool well, it's also like a pre-release build so i'm sure by the time it comes out it'll yeah. be a little sharper smoother all that so yeah yeah it, it, it looks fine it looks like more yeah. borderlands i'm i'm not like the hypest of hype on hype mountain about mm-hmm. it uh i think they're playing it safe in a lot of elements but i do enjoy that the little quality of life features that i like i you kind of crave or didn't know you wanted mm-hmm. are there i like that they're thinking about things like that it's like, like how do how do we make life easy for people out here in the wastelands yeah the fast travel is pretty cool um having that accessible from your hub i like the idea of like getting to do contextual stuff in the environment like getting a power slide is like one of my favorite things to be able to do in a game yeah yeah they they took some lessons from people can fly because remember they published uh bullet storm uh remastered edition or whatever the fuck it was or, no, or, it was like Duke of the the Bullets. I forget. Yeah, Duke of the Nuke Edition. Whatever the whatever. It, I'm, no one gives a shit about that. No, it, it, Borderlands. People give a shit about, and I like that they're taking some of those learnings. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. There is a cool detail though. Yeah. Um, the fact that you get to travel to other planets beyond Pandora. So yeah, pre sequel gave us a little bit of that. You get to go to the moon. Uh, you deal in like anti gravity situations. Sure. It's pretty interesting. But I just I want to see how that all plays out because like Pandora, like we know it so well. But show me something new. Yeah. I I. I, I like the idea, but I know that it's probably going to be like kind of briefer segments, sure. kind of like, you know, how they segmented the levels in the first two games. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like that. Like, sure, you're on a different planet, but, you know, it's a small part of the planet. It's not like you're going to travel the whole fucking planet. No, it's not going to be like fucking Mass Effect. Where yeah. You, like it's a no. free travel to places. And, and mine for materials. Oh, my favorite. Everybody love that. Yeah. There, there are certain things that I do wonder. It's like, ugh, why are we bringing this idea back? Like the whole fact that it's like, oh, there's 20 things to loot. They're like fucking chests and lockers and shit. And mm-hmm. 
And that's actually kind of the monotonous part of Borderlands. That's not the fun part of like, what's the surprise of opening up lockers when you know it's always going to be money or ammo? It's like, ugh, you know the loot chest have the loot. It's like there's no real mm. motivator to do that besides it being kind of like a utility thing that mm. you have to do. I mean, the amount that you go through resources in terms of money or mm. ammo, it's like <laughs> you do have to hit lockers pretty frequently because like every instance is a gunfight. Yeah, but it, like that's not the best way to do it though, you know? What would your suggestion be? Fucking blow up an enemy and they drop loot and uh, shit okay like that makes sense that's the main gameplay loop and sometimes they do sometimes they drop ammo and stuff mm-hmm. but it's like you know you, you're praying like you're praying on this habit that i have too that completionist habit of like oh i need to see what el- everything's an environment but really it ends up padding your time when you're just opening up fucking lockers and going like oh pistol oh uh ammo oh mm-hmm. <laughs> i even picked this up why did i open this i had to spend the time to open it <laughs> yeah no that definitely yeah it it really calls to the completionist in me as well because every time i sit down with borderlands 2 i'm like i gotta look at everything. everything i already know what's in there but i still have to do it for the fear of maybe missing something yeah something crucial to my progression or exactly getting a better gun or whatever but the majority of the time it's like mm-hmm. no i know that the loot chest will have guns and shit mm-hmm. and everything else is just fucking padding i'm That's just true. like why why didn't we take another look at that real quick if we're looking at mantling <laughs> but i mean smart choice here to yeah. give player specific drops based off of your level uh have it not be yeah. a shared thing anymore where it's like okay cool an enemy drops things i get it you get your things that person gets their things it's it's cool no, that's then that's a good idea, and that's something that we've seen in 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 the games that Borderlands is trying so hard not to be, like mm-hmm. Destiny and Division. They do things like that because it's a smart solution. I like that. I wish you know certain other devs look to other games for cool inspirations. Mm-hmm. Fallout seventy six. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. Is there any word on it being a sort mm. of shared world thing or any instance nah. of like uh, timed events, raids, stuff like that? No, nah, it's it's pretty much classic Borderlands. Okay, it's like. Okay. I was drop in, drop out co-op kind of kind of situation. No, no, it's not like there's there there is a hub which is Sanctuary Three, but I I don't think that's like oh you're seeing other players chill here and okay. this and that. Like nah, it's 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 not like that. They're randomness really wants to move away from that concept of like what is a service game and all that. Like, sure. And I still wouldn't view Borderlands Three as like a service game. Like from what they're doing, mm-hmm. like it's an experience you can play offline. You don't need to be online whatsoever. So mm-hmm. that's kind of falls in line with B lands aesthetic and style and which- mindset. I'm cool with that. I'm kind of tired of, like, the live service approach. Always having to return to a game. There being a loop. It's just like... Sure. It gets old. And then and then um, legacy titles trying to chase that goat uh, are kind of frustrating. I'll talk about it at the end of the episode, but uh, Mortal Kombat 11, some of my enjoyments definitely stifled by the fact that they've integrated all these fucking uh, service game features into it that just bogs it down, Which in my crazy. opinion. Doesn't make it better. Doesn't make it more engaging. Does it? It's just like, ugh, this makes it complicated for no reason. Mm. So I'm glad Borderlands is trying to, like, you know take that straight and narrow with it where it's like okay i understand why you wouldn't want to fuck with the formula so much because Mm -hmm. it works and it has worked just fix up little things around it you know Mm -hmm. that's cool i i wasn't i wasn't fucked up about the uh the reveal like i'm i I feel far less critical than i was when they just showed us a gameplay trailer that looked exactly like borderlands 2 Mm -hmm. that's when i was like uh what are we actually doing here that's fair but this one i'm just like no looks cool i do i'll pick it up i do have one question though yeah are there gonna be microtransactions 
Oh, buddy boyo. I'm just curious, man. Buddy boyo, that leads me to number six. And number six is going to spawn a new feature for the save room called Pitch in a Fit with Randy Pitchford. <laughs> I feel like this year we've talked about Randy Pitchford probably four or five times. Like He's a common yeah. guest who actually isn't present in the room. Like, we're going to be on Randy Watch. Like, what's Randy saying this week? What fucking Twitter tirade is he going on? Did he jump in somebody's mentions and drop 16 replies? Oh, looks like he did. He's worse than Trump. Get off Twitter. Twitter Twitter, PR person. (laughs) Please, please. So this one is Randy Pitchford gets into online tussles over microtransactions. Here's why. During the May 1st gameplay reveal, Gearbox CEO and hobby grade magician Randy Pitchford said Borderlands 3 wouldn't have, quote, any of that free-to-play junk. There's not gonna be any microtransactions. Nice. End quote. I believe that. Awesome. Yeah. Except... It will have small in-game purchases known in some circles as microtransactions. <laughs> Game Informer, known in some circles for informing people about games, pointed this out. On their official Twitter requ- account, they wrote, quote, Despite Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford's comment about no microtransactions in Borderlands 3 during today's live stream, We've been told cosmetic items are still purchasable, end quote. Okay. And they were told from people on the development crew that, that that's what's up, you know? So that is just cosmetic stuff. It's not like pay-to-play progression stuff like we've seen in Assassin's Creed or Shadow of Mordor or anything right. like that. Right. If you dig up one of uh, Randy's 200,000 tweets about the subject, he mentions that it's going to be a lot like Borderlands 2 where there's like skin drops and stuff like that. Okay. You can pay for those skins, essentially, like for to, okay. to have a blue hair instead of red hair. Shit like that but it doesn't non-essential stuff help my gameplay experience otherwise no and it could be openly ignored yes okay so that's what it is now randall responded by calling the tweet a quote shitty clickbait headline end quote and clarifying quote you know i was talking about premium currency and loot boxes kind of stuff not being in our game why you guys would fuck me on this is beyond me thanks a lot end quote (laughs) (laughs) yes hello i am industry professional randomus pitchford (laughs) thanks for fucking me street magician (laughs) this hang on i gotta laugh a little bit uh this resulted in a mentions back and forth between randy and game informers editor-in-chief andy mcnamara with the latter arguing that even cosmetic items that have no effect on gameplay are still microtransactions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mary Pitchmas continued to argue that Game Informer was reporting that he was a liar, leading to more exchanges I'm a little too embarrassed to keep talking about here. Okay, okay. <laughs> the through line is that there's microtransactions in Borderlands 3, but they're purely cosmetic and not of the loot box variety seen in other AAA affairs. Okay. That's what Randy meant, but it's not what he said. Admittedly, prodding him to death over that point is petty. Randy's defensive tweet storms are also pretty petty. And for the record, it's petty to have a podcast discuss any of this. But I never said that we weren't petty. No, we're pretty petty. <laughs> we're pretty fucking petty. And it, I... oh, I just... I get it. The man was trying to, like, 
say one thing and he said it on stage and it came across as that no microtransaction let's not mince words because he didn't he used those fucking words Mm -hmm. and people were like well technically these are microtransactions which is a fair call out and my response that would be like oh yeah yeah i'm sorry so those are technically microtransactions I, i i didn't i need to clarify what I mean to say is it won't be in-game currency bullshit. It won't be this. And they even said, we're not trying to nickel and dime you, which mm-hmm. is just like, okay. I mean, <sighs> I know you're trying to appeal to a certain audience. And it, it, it I, I just love this push. Like we saw it with EA very recently, who loves to quote unquote nickel and dime. Mm-hmm. But they were selling Jedi Fallen Order as no microtransactions, single player only. Look at us. Oh, we're pivoting to what the gamers want. That, that, that. And it's like, hey, you still don't go any fucking credit. You're the ones that perpetuated this industry where we're at right now. That's true. <laughs> I mean, less. microtransaction is such an ugly term in the industry now. Yeah. It makes sense that like he would want to stray away from the verbiage of it. But like, call it what it is and make a distinction, like you said said like you know yeah just call them what they are they're cosmetic loot boxes they're microtransactions you know yeah at the same time like i wouldn't even make that big of a deal but it. it's like okay he said no mac- microtransaction i get what he means mm-hmm. but the fact that he had the gall to come after a publication and be like you're calling me a liar and then so went on this whole fucking uh rants about like their reputability and it's like i uh, when he was asked for a statement from Andy McNamara, because he was like, we're not calling you a liar. We, we didn't say anything like that. There's nothing in our article that's untrue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So it's like, if you feel differently, please give us a statement. And he dropped like 16 fucking tweets in reply. Oh, God. And I can't find him anymore. I think he do, like deleted them because mm-hmm. somebody was like, yo, can you just stop this? <laughs> can you please stop this? <laughs> somebody get him to stop tweeting, man. It's a little weird because like he's had probably a, he's had a very long-term relationship with Game Informer. Uh, over the years across like borderlands borderlands 2 battleborn whatever whatever <sighs> done interviews with them help like talk about the game dev process and all that so it just seems weird that on a turn of just a miscommunication and not even just him just saying the wrong thing and people pointing it out that like he would just come at them so hard he comes at people hard for stupid shit it's like dude you don't need to say all that you can honestly like make one statement you know just be like this is what's up and then walk mm. away from it or let your fucking community managers take care of that for you where it's like oh we actually mean this but it's like god damn dude chill out a little i mean it's it's within his right to engage with twitter however he wants even despite his platform i believe that i still think it's a bad look <laughs> I, I disagree with that a little because you are like the head of this company you're the face man of Gearbox and Borderlands, yeah. and you should conduct yourself kind of like a professional, especially when you're dealing with these other institutions, publications, or other developers online. It's just like, it's a bad look. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm not saying, like, we expect you to always be this way and act this mm-hmm. way because of your position. No, you can, you can say what you want on Twitter. Just remember... You have a platform, and everybody's watching, and whatever you say is being yeah. watched. So probably the best thing to do is not look like a jackass. <laughs> That's it. Like I, I get that. I, I don't, I don't want to put it on the whole like, oh, you have a responsibility to the. It's like no, it's it's honestly, it's his private Twitter. It's not mm-hmm. a company account Twitter. Mm-hmm. He just happens to own a company. You know what I'm saying? So like that. Yeah, those lines get a little muddled though. They get muddled because especially if it's like somebody. You know, saying some crazy bullshit. Of course, the first thing we're going to say is like, oh, well, Gearbox CEO is, mm. <laughs> decides to like fucking refute statements from Game Inform. Like, yeah, we're going to say it that way, of course. And that goes with his position. But yeah, still, my dude just needs to stay off Twitter. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> um, I want to I see him and uh, Andy McManera fight it out at a medieval times restaurant. 
Oh, shit. One night versus another, you know? Just just settle the disputes in the ring. Let us all see it. Yeah, like Uva Bowl fighting his critics. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. It'd be good. It'd be good. Now, the other thing I want to point out, there's a, another little controversy that bubbled up. It seems like Borderlands 3, I maybe that's why this guy's going crazy on Twitter, because like, he's, he's not having uh, a smooth go of it. Mm-hmm. Um, people definitely noticed at this reveal that Claptrap is played by a different voice actor. Mm-hmm. And the original voice actor, Dave Eddings, was questioned about it in his response on twitter was basically uh no that's not me for the first time i insisted on getting paid for my performance and all of a sudden they couldn't afford me now i'm not telling them how to run their business but maybe next time they should put the 12 million dollar payment from 2k in the gearbox bank instead <laughs> just saying Whoa. and i'm just like oh Okay, that's that's different. <laughs> Is the insinuation there that they're just basically taking this money that they got from publishing and using it for their own personal use? I was saying personal high... fitness equipment and magic subscriptions. <laughs> 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 Fucking private theater equipment. Um I think at a high level the accusation is that Gearbox perhaps mismanages their money is what he's mm-hmm. saying. I mean, there's a whole lawsuit going yeah. on right now because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into that sure. so much, but sure. I know that uh, uh, Randomus has responded on Twitter saying that, like, oh, we offered him two times what the normal salary for voice actors would be for, and he still said no. There is obviously animosity between the mm-hmm. two of them, and Randy did say it's like, oh, he's just a disgruntled ex-employee. Which, oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a great thing to air out publicly. It's like, eh, fine. But it is strange where it's like we got that and then we got the Troy Baker thing where, you know, Randy's like, oh, well, we reach out to Troy and his representative said no. And it's like, Troy's like, ah, 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 ah. Actually, with the Twitter going like, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> you never reached out. <laughs> How about you, before you tweet, you get your facts straight. He said that shit. It's just like, oh. It's so weird we're seeing like, Almost like him, like, unraveling a little bit. We're seeing all these fraught relationships with people that he once had close relationships with. And it's just like, what's what's going on, Randy? You okay? You stressed? You, you stressed, man? You stressed? I mean, hey, this launch is a stressful time. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very much sure that he's riding on this to be successful. Uh, I, I know going into Battleborn, he was its biggest hype person. And it didn't quite meet budget or do numbers like they needed it to um i this is his his calling card it's borderlands like he needs it to do well and sure it's seven years late but i think there's a a place in the industry for it still and it still has a chance to be really successful and i think that's just what he wants but you're gonna put such a bad image on the property by doing the things you're doing i i i feel like he just maybe needs to you know let the game speak for itself a little bit more and let the people that are actually engineering the game speak for sure. it as well. Just let that happen. So it's like, you know, when, you, when you're when jumping on to event stages and being like the, the one guy, you're not Reggie, my dog. <laughs> I got to tell you that. You're not Reggie. I know that's what, like, maybe you want to be or what you think of yourself and maybe that's why the first... I don't see anybody online saying, I cannot wait for Randy to host a new fucking reveal or something like that. They just care about the game. I'm fucking so, tired of it at this so point. So let the game speak for itself and stop jumping in front of it because you're you're really taking some thunder away from this thing that you actually love. Like with these little infights and these little mm. fucking responses and trying to like, I need to clear my name. It's about it's about my reputation. Like who gives a fuck about your reputation? It almost reeks of like insecurity that he's like trying to like cover it up and get in front of it so much. Just like, let's just let it be. Just let it be. Just let it be. I'll let it be too. Mm. I got a number seven on here for you. Sure. Seventh heaven. 
Days Gone tops UK sales charts in April. Mm. Charts. They said church. Nice. Yeah. Source, this is from PlayStation Lifestyle. I want to give a shout out to Joseph Yaden. Hey, we know him. We're friendly with him on the old Twitter, and uh, some of this news comes from him. So thank you, Joseph. Go give him a click. PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, Sony Ben's Days Gone was the most purchased physical game in the UK. Impressive as that may be, it sold through uh, 38.8% less copies than Horizon Zero Dawn did at launch. That might be because it's sitting at a 72 meta score. It received middling reviews, citing technical bugs, clunky design choices, and stale writing. To address the aforementioned bugs, the developers had to release a patch almost every day since its late April launch. Wowzos. I had no interest in picking up this game. I don't either. I might get it on sale. Like, if it's, like, 40 bucks, I might bite because, I don't know, we're going into backlog season, and it could be cool. It could be cool. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. Mm. And I also kind of want to just stay away from the stink of this, like, this launch. It's not the worst launch we've seen, but no. it also seems like, yeah, it might impact my experience. Like, bugs in combination with clunky design choices? Yeah. Not the best. I mean, it's not uncommon for games to have, like, daily patches or updates mm-hmm. following a launch or even before a launch. Like, we didn't know it, but God of War had a similar thing where there were, like, a lot of patches happening like within the first week and it's like okay i couldn't tell because that gameplay foundation all of it was so So solid and seamless where it's like i feel like the foundation here is not as solid and well put together as it could be not to knock sony ben because i haven't played it but it's just from what i'm hearing from people yeah uh, a lot of the stuff we heard ahead of it coming up was uh from embargoes from press people and influencers who played it before the newer updates went through so there was weird sound popping and environmental stuff and Just quality of life stuff that just hadn't been ironed out yet. Yeah, but that's not to say that people aren't enjoying the game. I have seen people talking about, like, no, this is pretty cool, or, you know, this loop is pretty decent, but mm-hmm. uh, otherwise I'm hearing the same thing, where it's like a, the motorcycle management and the way that you move through the environment is kind of mm-hmm. lackluster and shit like that. But I, I've also heard I mean, the opposite. As you upgrade it more and more, it becomes a little friendlier to use and a little mm-hmm. you become more invested in it. Yeah, maybe. It could go either way. Hey, you're interested in more UK sales numbers? I bet you are. Sure. Yeah, you are. So number one was Days Gone as, as it comes to physical games coming mm-hmm. out. Uh, this date is courtesy of something called GFK slash Yuki. Sure. I, I don't know. Sure. Whatever. Number two was Mortal Kombat 11 on there. Number three was Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Number four was FIFA 19. Good old FIFA. Number five, Red Dead Redemption 2. Looks mm. like Rockstar likes clinging to sales charts. Uh, number six is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Number seven is Yoshi's Crafted World. Eight is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Nice, nice. Number nine is World War Z. Mm. That one's actually doing some numbers. And then number ten was New Super Mario Brothers Deluxe. Uh, new, Super, new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Uh, that came out. I guess the re-release came out. I forgot about that yeah um cool world war z is an interesting one i hear it's kind of like a third person uh version of left for dead and it's getting mm-hmm. some notoriety apparently because it is a epic store exclusive as well people are checking it out trying it at a budget price of 40 bucks they're mm-hmm. saying fuck yeah it's it's decent enough for the the money that you're putting into it i've heard nothing but cool things about it so far the drop yeah. in the matchmaking the gameplay is actually kind of cool right. Uh, and for like what I would consider what like a double A more inexpensive game, why not? You know, it seems worth it. No, I agree. I agree. I want to check that out. But look, you know, all right. My my thing with Days Gone that I've been hearing is it's a a time sink that 
isn't rewarding and that's kind of what fucks me up if you're gonna have a 40 to 60 hour game and the gameplay loops just kind of get old and they're not like rewarding after a while it's like well why what's my incentive to keep playing i'm sure i've been hearing that the first 10 hours are great and then the next 10 hours and 10 hours after that they just get increasingly worse and more boring but i hear the tail end of the game is like you're fighting for the end game of actually being able to like take down the hordes which you can't quite accomplish early on Uh and i hear that's really exciting so okay it's a tale of two games which is really weird yeah, that is strange, but it's just about like how much effort you put into it. That's the thing. It's always rough in a game where in order to get to the fun shit, mm-hmm. you have to go through the dull shit. Final Fantasy 13. Yeah, in order to get to the open world, you got to go through the corridors and shit like that. It, it's like, I, I hate it when I hear that in a game where it's like, oh, really? Like, you know, when people are talking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it's like, oh, the game really opens up at hour 30. And I'm just like yikes <laughs> rice aroni want to hear that actually yeah and i like games that respect my time in what they're trying to do uh Sekiro comments aside i didn't have to chase that platinum i didn't have to grind for fucking 45 skill points like i did but i did it just because like i wanted to get that platinum that's on me whatever but there are so many games coming out right now and games out in general that it's just like I can't spend a hundred hours on each game. Sometimes I want a leaner experience that mm-hmm. takes less time to get to the point and introduces rewarding gameplay loops from the start. Yeah. I like, I don't know if it's an oversight on their part or, or what, but, uh, we'll see. I don't know. Or, I mean, it's always tough building a new IP sure. days gone. That's, that's what happened there. Um, and I think they had some lofty ideas that maybe don't quite congeal together. And mm-hmm. I'm seeing that and I'm hearing that. And I, I still I'm I'm in your boat where I like I still want to try it out because mm-hmm. Sony by and large still has interesting exclusives, you know. And this one seems interesting, but I don't know why I think it's selling so hard as as it is because hard it's selling it's selling well. Those are hard numbers, man. Some hard the numbers. UK people love it, but it's because mm. Sony exclusives sell oh, like Deacon. Deacon Sarah is that you? Sarah, it's his wife. Oh, sorry, his dead know, wife. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. She's dead? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> uh, I got a number eight on here for you, Daniel. Sure. And this one, uh, not a fun one. So uh, strap in for this lack of fun. Uh, Mortal Kombat's developer, NetherRealm Studios, has been called out for toxic working conditions. Now, the source is coming from Variety.com, written by Liz Lanier. I recommend you go give that a click. Her article is very comprehensive and has a lot of interviews with different people. Okay. But here's the bylines here. The Chicago-based fighting game developer has been hit with multiple accusations from current and former employees. Reports range from extended periods of crunch, abusive practices, and gender discrimination. Variety spoke to seven individuals, five of whom wished to remain unnamed, about NetherRealms's, quote, poisonous work culture, end quote. These developers all cite the studio's pressure to either work long hours or face the risk of being replaced. One recounting describes a time when a leak during Injustices 2's Injustices, sorry. One recounting describes a time when a leak during Injustice 2's development caused studio head Sean Himmerich to gather every contractor into a room and launch into a tirade where he threatened to fire the same people in the room. The employee told Variety, quote, he assumed that everybody there knew who it was and he was threatening to fire them. We know it's somebody here. Whoever leaked is in the room right now. Give them up or all we're gonna fire all of you end quote 
Wow, that's that's a great motivator right there. Sources that spoke to Variety claim the studio environment fosters sexism. QA analyst Rebecca Rothschild says male co-workers had disrespectful nicknames for each female employee, and others would casually refer to women as bitches, even in front of leads. On management side, female developers were consistently denied opportunities granted to male employees. Rothschild said, quote, I was on my third contract, and before I could even try and negotiate, I was told the hourly pay rate was non-negotiable. I heard the same from a lot of women I worked with. However, I heard from men working on contract that they were able to negotiate and get a higher rate." End quote. These sources also say that most issues floated by the studio's HR department were dismissed. Another so- source told Variety, quote, Plenty of women, people of color, and non-binary folks I've talked to who have previously worked at NetherRealm say they wouldn't go back because of the culture there. It's not inviting or healthy, end quote. The studio was also accused of making indirect promises of full-time offers to contractors if they silently obliged to crunching without complaint. One source said, quote, I can verify that workers there, many of them temporary slash contract, have been working 80 plus hour weeks with no days off, end quote. NetherRealm declined to address specific claims raised by Variety, but they did release a statement promising they would look into these allegations, that they encourage diversity, and that they're constantly taking steps to reduce crunch time for their employees. Yikes. Yikes, Spikes. I feel like it's gotten to the point where, hey, you like a game? Let's look at all the crunch that it took to make it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen a lot of that in the past few months. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 was a big flagship. Before this, actually, it might have been the same week. Um, There was Mm. a whole thing about uh, Epic in Fortnite that happened where going from Save the World mode, I think, to the Battle Royale that is Fortnite. Right mm-hmm. now the team had to go through massive crunch to basically restructure the game and create this new mode and a lot of people were just citing like same things like long hour work weeks they're in to be fired all this other stuff and it's just like i couldn't imagine working under those circumstances and, no and this stuff no. like i i really don't know too much about nether realm behind the scenes it's because it doesn't seem like any of that ever got talked about before no, we, we've hardly heard uh, anything about mm-hmm. nether realm behind the scenes we just know them for their games mm-hmm. and However, we happen to live into we live in a climate where more and more people are speaking out about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because of of articles like what J- Jason Schreier works or what um, uh, Cecilia uh, uh, Cecilia de Anastasia. I yes, yeah. uh, she wrote about Red Dead Crunch, right? Yeah. yeah, like we're getting stories out there because they're important stories to tell. They fucking matter. They mm-hmm. they matter just as much as the games that are being published. You know, I again. I don't want to pick up a game, be excited about it, and then hear, oh, yeah, well, people fucking broke themselves, racked themselves making it, mm-hmm. and they got chewed up and spit out, and then there's a publisher out there or a studio out there that's just kind of rinsing and repeating. The way that they're treating their fucking contractors, some of these people were going through the same cycles of like, all right, we got nine months to be here, and then maybe if we do well, we'll get a full-time position. 
and then that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then rinse and repeat. And you got to keep mum the entire time if you even want to be rehired for the contract position. So if you start bitching about crunch, get the fuck out. You're always like silently fighting for your life and just trying to play by the rules. And that just doesn't seem fair or fun or like a good work environment at all. And it's especially shitty to hear that it's not just Mortal Kombat 11, that it was happening across Injustice 2. And I have to wonder if it was happening across Mortal Kombat 10. It was. Justice 1, Mortal Kombat 9. Like yeah, how long actually, has this been going on? If you read the, if you read the article it goes all the way back to nine it actually goes back to the days when they were midway oh wow apparently then apparently a lot of the old guard even uses that as an excuse it was like well it was way worse when we were midway Mm -hmm. and like mentioned some horrid story as if it makes it better that the climate is bad now like Mm -hmm. no it doesn't dude you need to improve that shit because here's what it comes down to crunch is abuse Mm -hmm. fucking harassment is abuse just like the horror stories they're talking about how there wasn't like a women's bathroom for the studio they had the rock walk across the studio for the one women's bathroom that event then eventually made unisex because they had too many dudes working there Mm -hmm. yeah and and somebody didn't even make it unisex until they got embarrassed that voice actor talent had to like walk across the studio just to take a piss like it's just fucking it's just irritating shit and people saying having the little nicknames and stuff that gets to you dude Mm -hmm. that, that makes you feel unwelcome and then to be told straight to your face when somebody makes a blatant sexist joke that it's just a joke you shouldn't take it personally it's mm-hmm. like they're getting it from all sides all the time mm-hmm. all while having their job threatened right and not respected and then like uh this developer rebecca who worked in qa was talking about there was positions being made available to men on the team without any open interviews or anybody else being know- known or told mm-hmm. it was just like oh they were chummy with other male friends in higher positions and they're like oh here you go you got a new job while people that were there did not get those same opportunities that were working their ass off, especially female workers. Mm-hmm. That's not good. No, I don't. I like. I really don't. I want to hope that Ed Boone and the higher ups really aren't perpetuating this sort of stuff. And like, I, I mean, I don't want to say I hope, but I hope it's a little more just a team by team thing, and it's not emblematic of the whole company as a whole. Because mm-hmm. that would be really shitty if that's the sort of practices that they were perpetuating the fact that you have women on the teams who probably work as hard as these men's are not being afforded the same opportunities just like it's 2019 and even if it was 1999 those practices wouldn't be acceptable like, yeah you need to treat them with respect they deserve the same amount of pay and and job security that any male does and it's this is one of those things too where it's like i absolutely hate that companies don't change until you calm the fuck out mm-hmm. like th- this is why this is important this is why i know people are tired of hearing about crunch or talking about crunch or working conditions and i'm just like we have to because when you look the other way a company doesn't think anything wrong is happening mm-hmm. they go like hey or they're just getting away with it they're like well look nobody's looking at us right now but will it change i mean we have these exposés and we still see companies like perpetuating mm-hmm. the same ideas ea is still doing ea shit behind the scenes change is slow doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. The more and more they get called out until everybody gets their fair fucking shake. Until a spotlight is shined on every single one of them. Then we'll start to see mm-hmm. that massive change. It's it's a push. It's it's like uh it's like death by degrees. Mm-hmm. We won't kill crunch until we fucking just keep on getting little little na- knives into it. I'm not wholly surprised though cuz I think of mm-hmm. NetherRealm and the games they put out and like I don't know, I imagine, like, when they put out those early games in the Sega NES era, like, those are very, like, dude bro macho games. I feel like there might have been an early culture of, uh, not masochism, like, um... Masochism! Chauvinism and and misogyny maybe bedded pretty early on there. 
Um, maybe. I don't want to think that like violent games beget violent natures and tendencies towards people, but like I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe that culture was always there and we just didn't know. Yeah, we maybe maybe this maybe that maybe it's sometimes it's bad in some instances to have the old guard remain because mm-hmm. they still have some of those tendencies and mindsets for how the studio operated like fucking 10 15 20 years ago mm-hmm. versus what it should be now and how they should move forward you know like that's what i'm hearing like some of the old guard would just be kind of fucking annoyed by new people coming in and just be like fuck that guy <laughs> yeah the article goes into a lot of this i haven't shit. actually read it, it sounds so. like a really shitty place to work and the the problem is it's like they churn them and burn them you know they get mm-hmm. people in they get these young ideas like it's the same story over and over again right you get some young idealistic programmer developer qa analyst get them in there and tell them like yeah you just got to work hard to get these these positions and opportunities and what is actually happening is oh they're just gonna grind you out until you can't take it anymore and then they throw you away and get somebody else who's willing to get paid 15 dollars ahead to do it you know that's very shitty that like there are people eager and willing to work hard and be a part of this industry because it's what they dreamed of probably since the time they played their first game or when they started to go to school they're like yeah this is what i want to do and they're just being taken advantage of even more so if they're women or non-binary or this or that it's just like it's frustrating to hear and it sucks and i and i I don't want to you know equate any maybe leadership practices with Mm -hmm. the actual quality of the product or the talent put out by these employees there's Mm -hmm. very many talented employees at netherrealm sure and i have sung on uh netherrealm's praises on this show and everywhere else for years about since MK9 and on, I was just like, holy shit, these guys are the premier fighting game developers. So it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth that I know that I'm hearing this kind of shit coming out of there where it's like, wow, I it makes me far less inclined to sing your praises. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Fix your shit. It's, it's not that hard. It's not that hard to fucking... <laughs> Maybe it is for some people, but it's... You have to do it. Old, yeah. I mean, old habits die hard, but it's... Yeah. If, your industry leaders set a good example. That's it. I mean, we say that almost every episode now, whether it's EA or Activision or fucking um, Rockstar even. It's yeah. like you guys have a responsibility to do good by your teams and your people because they're the reason why these games are coming out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just, that's it. Yep. And I and I think, uh, you know, from a consumer's standpoint too, it's like, yeah, I think I think we should be a little more invested of like where this shit's mm-hmm. coming from and why, you know. Like if, if you're willing to get fucked up about like the, the contents of your food, maybe you should get fucked up about the input that it took to create your creative endeavors as well. That's true. Yeah, maybe, you know. There, there you go. That's it. I mean, I know hard work has to go into anything. Long hours happen, but mandatory ones, threatened hours... Mm. It, sh- it should be less about breaking your back and blood sweat and tears and more about you voluntarily wanting to put your time into it because it's something you're passionate about not having a gun to your head that's yeah. it you know yeah people should be allowed to pour their passion in something not their blood <laughs> into it you know yeah like it, it, it's not we're not making a sacrifice to fucking the, the gaming gods mm-hmm. every time we make a goddamn game it's like come on it's not that serious it's not that se- you know, come on y'all yeah come on y'all be better that's the save room word so you've been playing mortal kombat 11 yes we're gonna we're gonna shift gears right here to actually talk about the product itself Mm -hmm. yeah i like it i think it's good i think it hits a high bar of quality that uh netherrealm has set forth with their previous Mm -hmm. fighting game titles it feels like a natural evolution of not just mk10 but an evolution of what they do with the injustice series you know you have the interactables and stuff and Mm -hmm. they took uh the gear customization from injustice 2 which is something that I've been bitching about or like calling for yep. the entire time. I was like, Mortal Kombat needs this. And they put it in there. Mm-hmm. I have not played it to the extent that you have. I probably sat down with you last Saturday, probably for like 30 minutes to an hour and 
just played yeah. around with some characters and did some fights and yeah it's 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 great it's got a good level of polish to it the levels are cool the characters are really great and i think it's a great fighting game for what it is from what i played but i'm sure there's so much more to it beyond that i'm gonna give it a few more good statements and then we're getting to the fucking bad because that's what the save room does buddy boyo now here's a few more goods story fantastic Mm -hmm. they it still hits that high bar of quality of having a somewhat cheesy but gleefully enjoyable story mode with great character interactions Mm -hmm. and fucking great writing johnny cage is a joy the whole cage family is a joy as always just as they were in part 10 ronda rousey though nope (laughs) oh she's she's fucking a wafer in this role she's Uh. bland as fuck they didn't need to put her in there come on (laughs) the the uh yeah they they could have kept uh whoever from the last one wasn't it fucking uh katie sackoff played uh i'll look that up later sure (laughs) no i won't anyway (laughs) yeah whatever um but otherwise like the 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 writing's like pretty decent it goes in interesting places the whole generational thing is a really cool concept for mortal Kombat, and everyone's kind of surprised that they're like i didn't know they're building up a trilogy like mk9 mk10 and mk11 have a story that continues like the whole arc yeah it's 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 maybe because people aren't used to fighting games actually picking up any plot threads and hmm. still actually committing to them so characters that are dead in part 10 or in part 9 are still dead <laughs> which is great when i was sitting down and playing with you the other day i was like why does some of these character designs look like they're fucking like raised from the grave and you're like because they are yeah because that's what happens to them in like the story at some point they become zombie remnant motherfuckers interesting yeah it's got its own plot thing where it's like i i actually really do recommend maybe even if you don't play the full games just like watch them on youtube or Mm -hmm. something to get some context before you pick up 11 that shit's good i've seen some like little story beats out of context that like well on twitter that will lead into a fight i'm like oh that's a really cool setup like it seems like a really good like climax to a fight with this character whatever does the time travel thing like come across school is it like well executed uh yeah it's actually not that bad okay. and uh, it is the back to the future mindset of time travel where it's like if you do something in the past it'll change the future so okay. there's like one scene where johnny young johnny cage gets like a, a cut on his uh cheek and then it happens to the the present day johnny cage and he's like fuck uh, the russo brothers would be so mad yeah they'd be so fucking mad that's like, not how it works man the ancient <laughs> one told you this is not how it works <laughs> but yeah it, it's it's fun and it's fun seeing those interactions where it's like old jack versus young jacks and stuff and some of them get into fights because it's like of course they would get out of here cat i'll get into a fight with you brutality stage brutality (laughs) and you know that that's all cool shit and i love how they the theme of time plays into it because the whole thing is that there's this overarching villain that's always been there called chronica and she's pulling at the threads of time to make the timeline that she wants um and even the fatalities like you know when they do a fatality it always ends in like a slow motion slaughter in some way and it's like wow this time theme is very persistent throughout Mm -hmm. it's really neat actually um can i get to the bad (laughs) uh yeah you've spent your time with it whatever you want to say so even though that has the customizable gear sets usually it's three pieces per character it would be like your mask your weapon and some other piece uh depending on the character like for instance like it'll be for scorpion you can switch out his his mask is his spear Mm -hmm. and then damn what's the third thing what's the third piece of gear is it your booties (laughs) is your little booties like put on some 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 crocs (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I think the weapon chains up is pretty cool though. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So you get you get items like that through the course of gameplay, like doing the challenge towers, which are now called towers of time. Okay. And they're all time towers. Like they switch out and rotate on the daily or on the hour, stuff like that. Would you all. call it a time sink? It is a motherfucking time sink. That's all cool. But you need to unlock currency to to get this shit. And there's like three different currencies in the game. And so it's smacks of a mobile game where it's trying to confuse you of which currency is actually something that you can buy with microtransactions and which is what you can't. And then they revealed like, oh, the main currency you can't actually buy. And then so it makes it more confusing. It's like, well, if you can't buy it, why do you make it so fucking hard to unlock stuff? Mm. (laughs) It's like, yeah, the grind is difficult and some of the towers are difficult and they've actually had to drop some patches saying like oh you get more currency from fights and we dropped the ai difficulty because it was punishing i remember the tower fights in nine being particularly grueling especially when you got some of the top tier fights it's just like ah, i don't know how i'm supposed to actually do this yeah and it'll have like those those variables where it's like oh it's raining skulls for no reason mm-hmm. and like or they, one hit kills right some of that shit is like a little too leveled against you okay. and it makes it kind of unfun but that this is your only pursuit and way to unlock all these skins each character has like 60 fucking skins and yet i'll unlock like one a session yeah actually i was like oh how's the grind going you're like i feel like i haven't unlocked anything for the characters i actually want things for and i'm like that sucks yeah you get shit for other characters and you're like oh okay cool i don't really play as cabal but good mm. thing that i spent four hours playing as sub-zero to unlock something for cabal I feel like if you're playing as a certain character, you should get specific unlocks for them. Oh, uh, yeah, that's I, a concept. I get that they're trying to, like, <laughs> make you play as all the characters. Yeah. That's fine. They, they have a good way of doing that through the story beats and the challenge towers and this and that. But it's just like, don't blatantly disregard my time and not reward me for playing against a character that I want to play as. Yeah, it really stymies my enjoyment with the game. I imagine. I'm far less inclined to be like, you know what? I'm going to put some hours in Mortal Kombat. I'm just like, the gameplay, again, gameplay is fantastic. Mm-hmm over-the-top fatalities they brought back mercies if you don't know what those are where you grant somebody a little more life after you kill them okay. which is awesome interesting <laughs> yeah just in case you want to be a sportsman <laughs> and uh you know it's great everything is great even the crypt is kind of cool this mm-hmm. time because they turned it into like this third person adventure oh. where you're like solving puzzles to unlock different parts of the crypt all that's kind of cool but you're unlocking shit where it's like, oh, it's a mask for a character I don't play as. And like, oh, some sort of weird. Oh, here's the worst part. There's consumables with a K, of course. Mm-hmm. And you can use them in the tower fights where it's like, oh, have another like Cyrax come in and help you in a fight. Okay. Or or like throw nets at the character or, or give yourself a little health boost or something. And there's a ton of consumables and you're mostly just unlocking those. And it's not that cool or fun. It's like, I want to unlock gear and shit. Mm-hmm. And Justice 2 was a lot better about that stuff where it's like, no, you're always going to get shit for your characters, not this bullshit consumable stuff and not these fucking confusing like currency systems. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. Are any of these consumables with a K or currencies with a K, can you buy them with actual like real world money? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know if you can or not. I'm not sure what you can buy with real, real world money besides like maybe consumable packs, skin packs. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure right now. I didn't look into it because I'll never look into buying microtransactions for this fucking game. Fair. Like, it's like, oh, I, I'm if it, especially if it's randomized, I'm going to be getting shit like, oh, you got zebra print for fucking Cabal. <laughs> I keep on throwing Cabal under the goddamn... <laughs> I like Cabal. Character. He's actually really cool I like him. <laughs> <laughs> It just sucks yeah. to hear that, like, you were hyped about this game. You probably yeah. put, like, 30 to 40 hours into it already. No, no, no nothing like that. No. 
I put like maybe like twenty hours. Twenty? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how long is the main story? Like ten hours? No, barely, barely. Really? Okay. No, they've always been kind of short. I would say it's like seven hours, no more. Okay. Yeah. Six probably. So to put all that time into it and be really hyped, and now just to kind of be discouraged when playing because it's like you're playing and playing and playing, but you're not being rewarded. Like that's just that sucks. I mean, I this weekend I want to give another shot with after all the patches have been into it mm-hmm. and see if it feels any better. I mean, because the gameplay is sound as a clown. Otherwise, all this other shit's not great. Okay, that, that's all. I, that's where I'm at with it mm-hmm. right now. I just wish I don't know. I bring Overwatch into it because it's one of the games where I got very very in tune with the microtransactions and the drop mm. rates and all this other stuff. And it's just like I was always getting stuff for characters. And yeah, I wasn't always getting like legendary drops for or rares for things that I wanted, but I was still getting stuff. And I was filling out like, you know, all my emotes and sprays and this and that. And like when I went around to those other characters, it's quite cool. I can customize them in ways that I want to. Mm-hmm. But like that's the nature of those types of games, those shooters, like they're randomized. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want that same bleed over in a fighting game where I have different like gear perks and things that I need because I want to customize my character my way. Right. Uh, <clears throat> What ends up happening is what kind of always happens with those kinds of games. You end up unlocking a bunch of shit that just doesn't feel like the shit that you want. Especially if you can preview like the other things, which you can mm-hmm. in MK11. It's like, oh, that's a really badass mask, or that's a badass skin. And it's like, you go like, well, how do I unlock this? And it's like, found in the towers. And I'm like, no! You have no virtual way of knowing how to unlock it. It's all just by chance. Sometimes there will be a tower that tells you like, oh, here's what you're going to unlock. And you'll mm-hmm. look and you'll be like, oh, um, okay. I don't really want that. Are those specific to like the daily challenge towers? Where yeah, it's, it's like, like, okay, cool. They're this- specific to the time towers, okay. yeah. Yeah. Hmm. The only cool towers that you can do are like the character specific ones that you have to unlock with 25,000 in-game colonokes. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever it is. What? Your combat coins. You have to unlock the challenge tower first with all the currency? You have to unlock character specific towers uh, okay. with currency. Otherwise, you could just play the other ones. Okay. Whatever. And some of them will have like, oh, hey, it's a rotating playlist where it's like, play as a Shaolin monk. So you play as Liu Kang or play as Kung Lao. That makes no fucking sense. Some of it's cool, some of it's not cool. Yeah. I actually think MK10 had a much cleaner layout for their challenge towers, and that made more sense, especially with how they did the daily and hourly rotations. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one just fucking busies it up and just makes it a confusing goddamn mess where I really don't feel like I am unlocking cool items that make me want to... That I don't feel like I'm unlocking rewarding shit. That's what it is. That kind of sucks. Like I get that game developers now and publishers they all have this live service approach how can we keep people playing our games how can we keep them long-term engaged this isn't it no this isn't it it. people are gonna play mortal kombat because it's sound it's fun the story's cool yeah it's got cool character beats and like it's just fun to get your hands on you don't want to force people's hands to play because you're forcing them in a way where it's like oh you want to unlock shit cool keep playing Play forever. Play for 60,000 hours, and maybe you'll get that cool sword Yeah, fuck hilt. that. Like, no. That's where I'm at. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm not into this shit. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I, I just wanted a fun Mortal Kombat where I unlock cool suits for my characters, and that's mm. not what's happening for me right it's now. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. It's Bummerman 64. 
<laughs> but otherwise, it's such a shame because it's such cool additions to the combat. Like the fucking um, crushing blows are a really interesting addition where certain moves, when you hit certain criteria, do like a momentary x-ray move that fucking just carves into their health. Mm. It's like they split the enjoyment of x-rays into multiple moves. And it's like, oh. That's interesting. Yeah, I really, really cool. like the x-rays from 9. And I never right. kind of got to see the evolution of that across 10 because I didn't play 10. Right. For, so. so some of the, what the, like the what is it called critical blows fatal yeah. blows i think it's fatal blows this time it only unlocks when you get to 30 percent health or lower now so you can't just like use it whenever in a match so it really is like this kind of last minute hail mary in order to turn the tide of a match and it's a really interesting shakeup to the mm. combat and i'm just like dude a lot of these things they did were so fucking interesting and cool and it's such a good devils in the details kind of game the backgrounds are amazing the fatalities are gleefully gory everything's cool about about it except for this fucking layer that they decided to sprinkle all over the game with this gear unlock shit it's a grind that's not enjoyable mm. that's what it is yeah i mean <laughs> i'm gonna pick it up eventually but i'm, I'm not sale. excited to go into it knowing that this is kind of what's happening yeah so. they need to fix that shit for sure but at the same time now I'm thinking in the back of my head, if fixing that means more people are fucking crunching, 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 I'm just like, you know, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Just, whatever. Take your time. <laughs> that's what I want to say. Take your time on fixing this. Don't kill yourselves over this, all right? That's all. Because that's what happens a lot of the time with those, like, quick patches or updates or stuff. It's like you're really causing your teams to work overtime to fix stuff that we've had complaints about. They were, they were saying that with Epic, with mm-hmm. Fortnite, whenever they have to do those, like, last minute, like, weapon patches and all that shit, mm-hmm. that's crunch. That's crunch, baby. Every yeah. single time is somebody is overworking themselves to get that done for you. <sighs> that doesn't feel good. No, there's a lot of a lot of hard work and, and overtime that goes into these products, and we don't even realize it until these stories come forth. I don't. Oh. You want to talk about a game that doesn't make us feel weird? I mean, it makes me feel weird <laughs> and bad because it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different kind of weird. Um, so I haven't been playing Mortal Kombat 11 except for the 30 minutes I played with you. I already talked about how I platinum Sekiro. I am the king of the household now. You'll have to kill me in my sleep to take the trophy. That'd be easy enough. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a light sleeper. But I've been bouncing back there and forth not. between... Uh, Sekiro and Cuphead. I mean, because you know, why not play a hard game when with I wanna, a hard game? Why not unwind from a hard game? And I, you don't want a hard boner and a soft boner. You no, want two hard boners hard all in the tandem, time. just Let's coming right into rub it. those yeah. boners together. <laughs> Start a little boner fire. Wait, where do we go with this? I don't know. Cuphead. It's a children's game. <laughs> it's a children's game. <laughs> I've been having a lot of fun with it. Mm. It is very enjoyable. We talked about it, like, I think an episode or two ago. Like, the style's great. The music, yeah. the art style, But all we of played it. it together since then. We did play it together. Yeah, mm-hmm. we sat down um, on your floor together and played for, like, what, an hour or two? Yeah. And it was great. What did you think about it? I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I played it a little, a little while back on Steam. Mm-hmm. That's a surprising statement from Kevin, but it was actually a friend of mine who mm-hmm. showed it to me. Um, I, I really like it. I think some of it is a little, like, you know grind your teethy kind of difficulty but that's that's some of the enjoyment to it where it's just like really about finding finding the right way Mm. to navigate a scenario and it it sucks because you have to be like super precise every time to be like all right jump over this guy Mm. shoot this guy Mm. wait for this (laughs) b-man that gets hard to kind of practice with somebody else doing those things in tandem like you and i like it it took a level of communication. Like we were channeling our inner overcooked at moments to just get through a level and like get to the end and which is free on ps plus this month yeah, that in um, what became of Edith Finch. I really want to play that. I one. forgot to talk about that. Yeah. I was gonna put that in the quick That's hits. Good. Sorry, guys. We did it. 
There it is. <laughs> go, go fucking download them. Um, yeah, that's one of the things I want to talk about where it feels very, very grindy and like I'm hitting my head against the wall with some of it because it's some of the levels are busy for nothing, dude. Mm. Like they have a simple mode where they kind of reduce some of the stuff that's happening on screen and the boss fights are actually shorter. Like they'll go through one or two less phases and it's a little more manageable. And then they have the standard mode, which is what everybody plays because that's the cuphead challenge yeah but um, goddamn the game might be a trip if you just drop some shrooms and play through it yeah. wow yeah but i mean i'm enjoying it it's it's fun uh there's i guess three islands you have to progress across um the idea is that you got into a devil's contract with uh, king dice and the devil and you have to take out these bounties for him so each island has five main boss fights mm-hmm. that you have to tackle and then in between there might be like little like one or two run and gun stages which are a lot of fun but it's mainly just boss fight after boss fight and you're really mm-hmm. like learning the attack patterns and the enemies go through like so many different phases which is really cool like you'll just see it go through like you'll see it become so many different things you're like wow this is really yeah. involved and thought out and the music changes with it and it like, right, has right. this level of climax I love the all-stage boss fights, honestly. That was, like, the most fun that I had with, like, co-op, where we were just, like... Because especially... So, if you die, your little ghost goes up on the screen, but your your co-op buddy can slap your body mm-hmm. with a button press and bring you back yeah. and give you a little extra life, which There's is cool. There's a parry mechanic, which is actually super, super uh, helpful in that situation, because you can bring back your teammate. Yeah. But on your own, it actually helps charge your super meter. Yeah. So, every time you parry on something, you could just get, like, one full boost to your super, which is nice. Um yeah i'm having to use it a lot it might be the secure mindset where it's like i gotta parry but like it actually saves you time in terms of like building your special you know what surprised <laughs> me that like a, a game that i just called back to when we were playing uh not the boss fight levels but like mm. the adventure levels where you gotta like you know like the straight running and guns sh- yeah it reminded me of the fucking lion king game from mm. back in the day because it was the same just grind your teeth difficulty where it's like fuck i missed that jump that was a hard-ass game too it's- fucking simba's like poisoned now he's in, he's, he landed in vines he's dead <laughs> i gotta restart <laughs> the hyenas are laughing at me the hyenas are laughing they're laughing at my body my sprawled body and then you just restart and you go ah, i'm coming back i was surprised though to yeah. find that like the gameplay um was as deep as it was in terms of like yeah. ability and customization because like you get these coins that you find across the level and you could use those to buy like new abilities tonics potions things that'll help you out and you can customize your gun set to be a little different so like oh, i, I know, have something yeah you toggle it i think with like l1 um where it's like you have the straight shot but if i hit it i have like it's kind of like a like a homing missile and it just kind of oh, just follows whatever enemy so cool. like when i'm running around sometimes it's easy to just use that because it does the work for me and i'm just dodging um you have a dash you have different super abilities you have the supernova one where you kind of just like when you build it you basically explode like an, an atom would and then you have other ones where you can drop bombs so it really you can cater it to your play style which i didn't know was an aspect of it at all yeah i i, I thought it was just kind of like get through this mm-hmm. no i didn't know you could unlock shit that's cool yeah fuck yeah it's a neat game it's just i find myself like I mean, the boss fight loops are really fast. Like, you die, you're like, fuck, I died. That took 30 seconds. Let me get back in there. Yeah. And you'll spend an hour doing that, dying, like, 50-something times. But, like, like Sekiro, like other games of that design, you get better, you learn it, and you you have to commit yourself, to, I guess, to a level of, like, memorization with it, too, where it's like, yep. if you're not memorizing the patterns, you're going to get fucked every Yeah, time. we were doing call-outs where it's like, one one enemy does this, like, sweep across the screen, and I'll be like, up, and we would go, yep. go up, and it's like, down. <laughs> yeah, that see, that shit got pretty fun. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't seen, like, a super difficult game co-op mm-hmm. in a little while. I can't, I can't think of the last one. Not really. I mean, 
Bloodborne. Blood- <laughs> yeah, Bloodborne. Any Miyazaki nightmare. Uh, I mean, yeah. Overcooked is kind of difficult if you're going for those three-star kitchens like sure, we do. Sure. Um, I feel like Left 4 Dead, some of the end stretches of the levels got a little hard. Yeah, but like not there's something about this one that's like mm-hmm. a little different, I guess, because it's just a side-scrolling nature. But mm-hmm. it's it's a cool game. Wonderful art design. I, I can't recommend it enough. It's like, hey, get Cuphead. Mm-hmm. There's a reason people shop to the skies 20 bucks and it's it's worth it and uh i find myself like actually really like playing it handheld where i'm always mm-hmm. like oh, i like playing stuff on the tv more and like i like using my pro controller but like it actually feels really good to play it in handheld and, and take a dump once yeah take a dump i'm taking a shit using like taking a bath and just going through boss fights just fucking dropping an um, anaconda in there but huh? using the uh analog stick in that anaconda nope yeah go ahead what <laughs> you always <laughs> j-lo you in there j-lo <laughs> I find myself using the analog sticks a lot more actually because the ease of play is a bit better with it in terms of right like, positioning or using my gun. Can so. you do D-pad? Can you play yeah, D-pad? Yeah, yeah. So oh. you can use the analog stick or the D-pad. No, sure. Yeah. Okay. One thing I want to call out because it's kind of new to the Switch ecosystem is seeing the achievements pop is really weird still. Right. Yeah. It's right. But it's, but you're just seeing like in-game achievements pop. It's not necessarily like an Xbox. Thing. I mean, if it was live on Xbox, they would pop like a, like a banner really? across the screen. Really? They would pop just like that? I think so. Damn. Yeah, and it's cool. Like they're stylized like in-game. Like everything about that game yeah. is so stylish and like true to the art form. So It's a fucking cool game, man. It's neat. It's a good, it's a neato game. It doesn't have any of those fucking microtransactions. None of them. Isn't that right, Randy? Randy, no, there's just, no microtransactions. Just soul in this one. contracts. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that, Randy? <laughs> Put some soul contracts in your game. You, it won't confuse anybody. Yeah. That's fucking great. That's but, good. I don't know. Hopefully within the next, next week or so, I'll beat it. I'm sure we'll get down on it sometime soon again. Yeah, so. let's just go down on it. Let's go down on those little cupheads. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are you playing anything else? Am I playing anything? At- well, I've I've uh, we talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. I I've decided to um, spool up Yakuza Kiwami again. Awesome, and I'm liking it a lot right <laughs> now. I don't know, maybe because I was under leveled, I just wasn't enjoying like the loop. But now I'm really into like, okay, do a story mission, cool, run through the streets and fight gang members. Nice. <laughs> it would always be like gang of drunkards and <laughs> shit like that. It seems just like a really interesting and vibrant world, and the lore about it still is like it's always funny to me, like seeing things out yeah. of context from Yakuza. I'm like, what's happening? Why? Oh, dude, you want to talk about shit that's so strange out of context? Um, there's this guy Majima mm-hmm. uh, of the Majima. Is that clan. the guy with the eye patch? He's a man with the eye patch and the fucking silk shirt, and the like. It's open, and his nice. muscles are yeah. showing. Uh, he has this whole thing where he loves fighting me, okay. and so he'll surprise you in the streets in the open world. Like he's got this new thing where he hides underneath giant cones, <laughs> and it's the only cone that's gigantic. And you'll see it shaking, and you're like, you're like Majima, and I'm like Majima, <laughs> and then you open it, and he's just like, "Hey, it's me!" And it's like, "Of course I knew it was Titty you." Titty twister. But you tell him like, "Of course I knew it was you." You're f- like, no one's hiding under a giant cone by you, but he's like, "But if you knew it was me, that means you do want to fight me." <laughs> <laughs> and then you get into a fight with him. And then you get to a fucking fight with this asshole. So weird. And he does this thing where like he'll pretend to be a cop too, where like you'll walk by and he's like, hey, you and you're like, oh no. And then it's him as dressed as a cop and he's like, oh, I need to search you search you for contraband. And if he finds a weapon on you, he goes, ah ah ah, looks like I'll have to fight you now. And you're like, what the fuck? This fucking dick, I fought him ten times already, dog. He never dies. <laughs> you just keep on fighting him. And he'll go through these really giant like hurdles where 
It's the funniest shit. I ran into a guy in the middle of the street, and he was a proprietor of a bar. And he was just like, hey, man, you want to come in and have a drink with me? Like, I need customers. And you're like, nah, I don't want to do it. And he's like, please, please, my shop will close. If nobody's actually in it, I'll, I'll go bankrupt. He's like crying a whole river about it. And you finally say, fine, I'll have one drink. And you walk in, the bartender's Majima. <laughs> God. <laughs> and this motherfucker made me drink drink after drink and he was just like this is just the finest shit like here's a martini it's got a cloudy taste and you're mm. like oh shit it's actually pretty classy yeah. and you're like is Majima just being nice is he being like chill with me like does he actually like me as a person like he's giving me drinks and service and he's like only the finest for my best customers and at the very end this motherfucker goes oh it's gonna be 56 trillion yen to pay off your bill and you're like what the fuck and he's like I'll give you a 90% discount though and it still like ends up being like 560,000 yen and you're like uh you can pay him <laughs> or if you say no he'll fight you <laughs> why am i surprised at all <laughs> and i fought his ass dude i walked in and i went to a club and he says he booked out the entire club because it was a celebration for me getting out of jail sidebar i've been in jail for 10 years uh i took the plunge for a murder i didn't commit now <laughs> This is all Yakuza. <laughs> he rented out an entire fucking uh, nightclub. And I walk in. There's nobody in it but him on a stripper pole doing dancing for me. And then he's like, oh, you don't like it? Well, we're going to have to fight. <laughs> it makes no sense, but I love it. I like that that's just written into his character. I can't stop playing this game now. I think I'm starting to see what it is <laughs> about this game. It's got a weird silliness and charm to it. Dude, now I feel really bad. Uh, Kiwami 2 was like only 25 bucks on sale last month, mm-hmm. and I, I passed it up because I was just like, eh, I need to beat Kiwami 1. But now I'm just like, sign me up for the next Kiwami. Was this Kiwami the one that was like free on PS Plus like in January? Yes, Fuck. and that's why I have it. Fucked up. Fuck, maybe I, I can even go back to Yakuza 0. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. man. I'm just like, yo. <laughs> the world is your oyster now. I really like the combat. Like, it started to really open up for me because I keep on getting stronger and stronger and doing crazier moves. <laughs> I I don't know, dude. I think I might actually, like, go full <laughs> full horse in this one. <laughs> I might beat it. You might actually join the Yakuza after. I'm on chapter, like, seven right now. Oh, wow. And there's only 12 chapters. Okay. I'm just like, oh, yeah. I might, I might, might, I might beat it. I I recommend it. I don't know. I mean, you're not doing anything else. You don't want to play Mortal Kombat 11 because you don't want to fucking crunch on towers. You don't want to play Sekiro because it hurts. Well, if you get down on Division 2, I'll play some Division 2. Yeah, I I need a new game or I need to finish an old one at this point because it's like I'm not going to pick up Days Gone right away. And like I probably have a too much stretch of games that I just need to clean up on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Division Mm -hmm. 2 is probably the next one I'm going to go back to. That's fair. Yeah. Maybe we should get World War Z. Eh, Maybe. Maybe, right? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know why 40 bucks is still too much in my head. Like bargaining with myself. I don't know. I got some platinums I want to clean up on too. I'm three trophies out from platinuming Celeste. Still one trophy out from platinuming Overwatch. Pop, pop, pop the plat. Said pop, pop, pop pop the plat. That's what I do. (laughs) All right. Any closing remarks here? Uh, no. Hmm. I guess I'm gonna have to fight you. (laughs) Uh, well. I think the next thing we have in the bag outside of another episode, we want to do an Avengers Endgame spoiler cast. Review. Yeah. The Russo says it's not okay until Monday. Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do it hot on Monday. We're going to have a, like, release it on Monday. Yeah. So if you made it it to the end of this episode, like, a few of you do, uh, look forward to that at some point. David does. Yeah. Maybe he does. Which David? Uncle or Uncle David! That one, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, guys. We appreciate your ears as always. We appreciate your soul, your 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 sacrifice, mm. your your muscles, your fight me. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of effort goes into listening to the show. Yes, Probably indeed. more than it does. Uh, than it takes for us to put it together. That's so. true. That is true. Now you obsess over editing. You're sitting there in your bed, naked, completely naked. It's just the last time because I had a really rough Tuesday. Ripping apart sound. <laughs> That's when I get in there and I rip apart sound. Fuck it. You're like a an airbender for sound. A sound Isn't bender. Jax do that. Who? Jax from Mortal Kombat. He's got like the sonic wave ability. Or oh, if he claps his metal arms hard mm-hmm. enough, then it creates a. Uh, pink sound wave. Okay. <laughs> Not sure why. I wish I could clap my metal arms and just have an episode be done. Oh, shit. That would yeah. be awesome. It's done now. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. No, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> <laughs> <It's done now. laughs>